0: The NASCAR Race Review for Daytona and Gateway Joining me is our co-host, Sal Segala Welcome back, Sal
1: Oh, Thank you, Sharon
0: Okay, we've got a big night tonight Uh, Originally we had scheduled our guest, uh, Joe Graff Jr. to be on our show tonight He has rescheduled to next week And since Monday is Labor Day We are doing our show on Tuesday next week, September the 8th for, so look for Joe Graf Jr. to be with us next Tuesday, September the 8th. In our first half hour tonight, we will review the Arca Menard Series and the NASCAR Truck Series at Gateway's. Then at nine o'clock we'll get into the Xfinity Series at Gateway and the Cup Series. I'm sorry, the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series at Daytona. And then of course, nine thirty we will start our our Hot Topic Sound Off for a full hour of uh, Hot Topics tonight. So, Sal, let's go ahead and get into the Arkham Menards Series race that took place at Gateway, uh, one of the tracks that I look forward to every year. Uh, and Ty Gibbs takes another victory at Gateway this week.
1: Wow, another one. Man, he's really on a roll in that series. Uh, gosh, he what, is. Can, what more can you say about him? Yeah.
0: He he's, he really is amazing. Let's go over the race results first. Uh, Ty Gibbs, of course, was the race winner. Uh, he won over Chandler Smith, who finished in second place. Sam Mayer finished third. Max McLaughlin, a nice finish for him, in fourth. And Jesse Love from the Canon I'm sorry, for the Arca West, uh, finished in fifth place. Sal. So,
1: wow that's a that's a very good uh, finishing order um what happened to michael yeah this it race? is
0: well michael had uh he kind of blamed himself for it and was a little disappointed uh he took a spin uh he he went a little high and got into the marbles i think and it he's fun uh and so he did not get the finish he was looking for at gateway uh Brett Holmes did come home six. Drew Dollar in seventh, Taylor Gray, 8th Haley Deegan with a ninth place finish, and Chase Cabray rounds out the top ten in this race. Uh, The uh, Dutch Boy 150 at Gateway this weekend. So
1: yeah, you know, that kind of actually. Go ahead. Yeah, it looked looked like Bill McAnally had like four, actually, his four, you know, Ark of an West Series drivers out there too for this race.
0: He did, he did. And so they had some nice finishes uh, there uh, in the top 10. But, uh, and Jesse Love was there from the West as well. And we had our East, uh, some of our uh, ARCA East drivers in this event as well. So a little bit of a combination event, if you will, uh, between all three series all racing together. But this was also a Sioux Chief Showdown uh, event, Sal. And Chandler Smith takes over the lead there uh, with uh, his points. Uh, Right behind him, he has 278 points. Two points behind him is Sam Mayer. Then it's uh, two points behind him is Ty Gibbs. And then uh, Ty Gibbs is at 274. Michael Self is in fourth at 267. And five points behind him is Brett Holmes. So uh, that's your top five in the Sioux Chief Showdown uh event that took place at Gateway this weekend.
1: Wow, Chandler Sink is still uh up up in the top spot but not by much. He's got Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs and you know what I, and and we think about Ty so Gibbs, he, has you know, right he hasn't there. started all the yeah, he hasn't started all the races but I and, you know he started all of the Sioux Chief uh races so that's why he's you know, he's so high up in the um up in the standings.
0: Yes indeed. Uh do you want to go over the Arkham and Yard series standings? This is yeah, after thirteen see up. races.
1: Yeah. yeah, after thirteen races, Michael Stealth Michael Stel- Michael Self Stel- is still leading the points. Second is uh Brad Holmes, third is Drew Dollar, fourth is Haley Deegan, and Dad Moffat rounds out the top five. And then okay, from there, and and then
0: Michael go said, down. A, okay, go ahead. go
1: ahead, oh, go no, ahead.
0: Go ahead Sharon. Hold oh, no, on, yeah, I was, was going
1: to read just the, next, say the next five.
0: Yeah, the, they were just separated by seven points, the number one and number two drivers. I was just going to point that. That's all.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. And then from there, after the first and second, then, it, then it's a big then it's a big jump from there as far as the points. Yeah, point do is,
0: you want to go ahead with the next five then?
1: Yeah, the next five is Ty Gibbs in sixth, Brad Smith in seventh, Sam Mayer in eighth, and Chandler Smith ninth, and Brian Huff rounds out the top the top ten.
0: Right. In, in those bottom six drivers, only one of those drivers, Brad Smith, has raced 12 of the 13 races. All the rest of them, like Ty Gibbs, only nine races, Sam Mayer nine races, Chandler Smith only eight races, and ryan Huff only seven races, so for them to be in the top ten uh with less than a full year is, is an accomplishment,
1: yeah, and actually we only have uh looks like four drivers that have uh four drivers that have uh, Re- that have raced every race gosh man this series is for for the steam that it picked up from last season, I figured we had more than four drivers you know competing you know for the you know you know that were, that that yeah, we're gonna but be it's serious contenders for the
0: championship. year too. you gotta to keep in mind it's a covid nineteen year, so uh things are a little bit different this year than any other year.
1: yeah, that's true
0: okay so some some kind of important things here too are average start and average finishes that I like to look at. Chandler Smith in eight races has an average start of 1.9. His average finish is 4.0. Sal, so, uh, that's one of the best in the series.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty amazing stat, especially the especially the average start. You know, because that that just shows you know, how strong he is when it comes to, you know, to qualifying for these events. And then of course, you know, the average finish, you know, is always you know looked at, you know, upon, you know, as, you know. You know how strong the driver is, which is where it counts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's, it's you know, as far as you know, their finishes. You know, that's you know, that's when they you start seeing you know, fighting for the for
0: the exactly uh, you know, for
2: the championship.
0: Ty Gibbs, who has the nine starts, has an average start of two point nine and an average finish of 4.0. So they're right together on the average finish, uh, the best in the series. And then uh, Michael Self, who is leading, has an average start of 2.8 and an average finish of 4.9, which still isn't bad. So, I mean, those are still really strong stats.
1: Yeah, and but then, but then when you look at who Ty Gibbs leads the series in, as far as wins too, he's got four wins with um, yes. Michael Self behind him with, with two wins. Actually, Michael Self, Sam Mayer, and uh, Chandler Smith. Each have two wins also
0: Yes, and those drivers with one win uh, That includes Brett Holmes Drew Dollar And I believe that's it Uh, So, yeah It's been an interesting year to say the least Uh, A COVID-19 year For sure And season I know uh, ARCA's been making some changes to the schedule uh, For this series And just to kind of go over That real quick uh, what we know for the upcoming races uh, right now as it stands. Uh, the next race is actually going to be this weekend, uh, and that's for the Arkham Menard Series. They're going to be racing at Lebanon I-44 Speedway uh, for the Zinzer Smart Coat 200. That'll take place at 8 p.m. Central, so that's 9 p.m., Eastern. That's also one of the Sioux Chiefs Showdown races, so uh, that's another really important event. It'll be televised on MAV-TV. Then we've also got the East Racing September the 12th at Toledo Speedway. Uh, that races at 5 p.m. Eastern. And then the West will be racing at All-American Speedway on October the 10th at 6.45 Pacific Time. And uh, those people who are on track pass will be able to watch that via live streaming. Uh, the Toledo race is also on Map TV. So just an idea of the upcoming races there in the Arkham Menards Series. Let's go ahead, Sal, and move on to the truck series, because I know we've got a lot to cover there as well. Uh, these guys raced uh, this weekend also at Gateway. Uh, along with the IndyCar races. Uh, The race winner was Sheldon Creed at the age of 22 in the number two Chevy Accessories Chevrolet for GMS Racing with Jeff Stankiewicz as his crew chief. It was his third victory in 44 Truck Series starts, his third victory in eighth Top 10 finish this year, and the first victory in second Top 10 finish in just two races at Gateway. Brett Moffat, who finished second, Posted his second top 10 finish in three races at Gateway, and it is his ninth top 10 finish this year. Austin Hill finished third, posting his first top 10 finish in four races at Gateway. And Rafael Assad. so proud of that guy, he finished sixth. He was the highest finishing rookie in the race. Uh, this is GMS Racing's second win at Gateway and uh, in in the NASCAR Truck Series because uh, Justin Haley also won at this track in 2018. Now, uh, to finish out the top ten here, we have Sam Mayer finishing fourth in this race, Stuart Friesen finished fifth, followed by Rafael Alessard that we mentioned, Zane Smith, another rookie, finishing in seventh, Grant Infinger finished eighth, another rookie, Two more rookies, in fact, Ty Majeski and Tanner Gray, finishing ninth and tenth in this race. So four rookies in the top ten is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, it is, and you know, um, this this was another race that was kind of decided on, you know, a closing laps um, contact, you know, between Shelby yeah. and Todd Gilliland, you know, you know, fighting for the, you know, fighting for the win. And, um, you know, so, of course, Sheldon Creek came out on top of that on this one. But, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a, all in all it was a good race. Um, pit strategy was a lot different. The way NASCAR, you know, the way NASCAR did the pitch, you know, they kind of did kind of like what they do for the late model. Some of the Super Lane model races where they do the controlled, they call them controlled pit stops where wherever you go out, as long as you come out mm-hmm. within the, a lot of time to work on the car, you know, they give you your position back. So, you know, this right. way, you know there ain't no rushing, you know, in the pits, and they don't make mistakes. You know, you know, make sure they get the fuel that they need in the in the truck. Make sure mm-hmm. that all the lug are tight. You know, and um, you know, and I I I I kind of like I, I like it when they do it for the super late model races, you know, because you know they don't have the high dollar pit teams. But when it, I I kind of was against it with the truck series because I feel you know they got the high dollar. Um, you know, an experienced pit cruise, you know what, and sometimes, you know, that's the exciting factor in the race and that's and that's actually part of the race itself. But I mean I I don't for the teams that made it a lot more you know, for the teams, you know, the teams kinda liked it a lot better that way, you know, yeah. because you know, they're able to you know, make the adjustments they need. But all in all it was a really good it was a really good truck race. I mean there's a lot of action on the track, you know what, and um I like it I liked it better than if they had went to Daytona.
0: Okay, uh, now uh, you had to feel for David. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Todd Gilliland, he won the first two stages uh, There were five caution flags for 23 laps and seven lead changes among five drivers Todd Gilliland uh, was well on his way to winning that race uh, When he had a little incident with his uh, teammate Who took full credit for that incident and felt bad about it
1: yeah, he was. Todd yeah. definitely was a was a class in the field, and you know, and you you, you got to feel bad for Todd to, throughout his career after coming out of the K N N West Series when he's gotten in the trucks. Every time he's had a chance to win, it's always been his teammate that has, you know, that he's gotten, you know, in a you know, in a scuffle with at the end of the race, you know, and cost him the win. So mm-hmm. you know, that's got to be in the back of Todd's mind somewhere. You know, God. You know, not another teammate that did this to me, you know, but he'll, he'll rebound. He's strong, you know what? And I, I think well, he's going a Well, Sheldon Creed the isn't his develop.
0: teammate, though.
1: <clears throat> I thought you said he was.
0: Sh- no. Uh, Sheldon Creed is uh, from GMS Racing. Todd Gilliland is oh, from right. Front Row Racing. So, yeah, that's, right. yeah, I'm that's sorry. two different My teams. Mistake. So, yeah, I, I don't know how you thought I said that, but and maybe I did and inadvertently, but I didn't mean to say that. Uh, do you want to go over the points report?
1: Yeah, let me let me get back to the points report. Um, oh shoot, I had it pulled up and and then I.
0: Well, I can choose the first few here. Uh, Austin them, continues. Sure. Oh, you got him. Okay.
1: Yeah. I what happened was I what well, had my thumb on the on the phone and it scrolled and it, it scrolled all the way to the end of nothing. So, yeah. So the top five is uh, Austin Hills leading the points. Zane Smith, the rookie, with two wins this season, moved up into second place. Uh, third, we got Brett Moffitt. Fourth, we got Ben Rhodes. And fifth, with his win this past week, is uh, Sheldon Creed. Well,
2: oh, so, he uh, has three got a, wins.
1: Three wins. Is it three wins in there. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go all the way over to the to the wins, but. Um, yeah, so we got a, we got a good solid top five uh, top five um, standing so far, you know, until we get the reset, you know, once the once the chase starts. And well,
0: then, what about um, drivers six through
1: ten? Yeah, six through ten, we got Christian Ecky is another rookie. Uh, Matt Crafton is holding tight in the seventh spot. Brad Infinger in the 8th spot, and ninth is Tyler Akram and tenth is Todd Gilliland, and. Are, they're taking the top ten, right?
0: Right. They're taking In the, the top ten into the playoffs. So it's a tight battle yeah. between him and the cutoff guys.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's going to be an exciting – I think, what, do we have two races left before they start their chase or something like that?
0: I believe it is two more races, yeah. Yeah, I
1: think it's two more. So, Yeah, because I remember they were talking about it. So it's it's going to be an exciting battle, you know, to see who makes the chase who and who's, you know – Who's left on the outside looking in?
0: Yeah, poor Johnny Sauter. If it wasn't for bad luck, he'd (laughs) have no luck at all. He had another breakdown this weekend. I was really hoping he would be able to get that victory uh, and kind of cement his place into the playoffs, but uh, it just did not happen. Um, Stuart Friesen had a good run, which was good. Uh, Rafael Assard, another impressive run for him. Uh, He's 13th in those point standings. Uh, with uh, Derek Krause and Tanner Gray and holding down those 11- and 12-place spots. Uh, and uh, Raphael uh has been racing all 14 races. So these guys, those are all rookies. It's been impressive to see what the rookies have been able to do. All of these rookies have been able to do in their first year here in the truck series.
1: Yeah, that it, it is. You know what? And it, it, it's a really good rookie field this season. Like you said, you know, they're all up there competing and uh you know, and, and I mean Derek Krause with like I said, once as we talked about, you know, for being a single a single truck team, you know, they're they're doing pretty good and Derek, you know, came in with really not that much truck experience, you know. Um mm-hmm. you know, it's just the the team he has behind him, you know, the Bill McAnally racing, you know, uh you know, he's got some good, uh, some good coaching from some veteran, you know, people, you know, that have been with Bill for a long time, past champion. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons, you know, that, um, you know, that Derek is so, uh, you know, so competitive.
0: Okay. Now I do have some uh, post-race audio here from the race-winning driver, Sheldon Creed, of the number two Chevy, you uh, and the accessory, uh, number two Chevy accessory Chevrolet. So let's hear what uh, Sheldon Creed had to say after winning uh, on Sunday.
3: All right. We are now joined by our race winner and the winner of $150,000 in the triple truck triple challenge bonus, Sheldon Creed, the driver of the number two Chevy accessory Chevrolet. Uh, Sheldon, why don't you just, uh, talk about that win and what it means to win two of these triple truck challenge bonuses?
4: Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, um, you're thinking how cool it would be just to win one and win one, and then, uh, now we've gotten two, and now we wish we would have won last week in Dover, so, um, it's really cool what Gander does, and it gives us a, a chance to five or some money, and, um, reads different racetracks, which is really cool, awesome. awesome.
3: Congratulations, and we're going to go to questions for you now. We'll
4: start with Bob Hocker. Yeah, Sheldon, you said you and Todd are buddies. Did that kind of impact the way you kind of felt after the race? Yeah, I mean, I hate racing like that, and it's so hard to pass here. And and the 24 came with the run and and pushed me, and I figured uh, I'll have a good shot here. I just kind of was doing passes like that all day. I would just kind of get there inside, go to the rumble strips, and slide up the racetrack. Kind of take their line away where the bulls drove it in there really tight or really hard and, and he just held it on me tight and um, I was just really free and I couldn't turn the wheels. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hate to do that to him. He's, he's probably going to wreck me back somewhere, um, which I mean, hey, um, you know, race people how you want to be raced and, and that's a bummer, but yeah, I feel bad. I'm going to have to for sure call him uh, this week and um, just talk about it out with him. Do
0: you beg him? Okay, so there you have it. He did feel bad about it. He, I thought he gave a pretty de- good description from his point of view of what happened there. Uh, and I know right after the race, Todd didn't quite see it that way, but maybe after he sees the replay or talks with Sheldon, uh, he'll understand, perhaps.
1: Yeah, Todd was kind yeah. of upset, you know what, and he did make you know a couple of comments about it. But you know what, like you said, Sharon, you know what, it's it's um you know, it's it's something that he's gonna have to get over, you know what, and, and realize, you know, that uh you know, that um you know, that he's you know, it is what it is, you know what, and, and you know, it's it's all part of racing. So, I mean we'll see what happens, you know, in the next race and see if Todd you know, I I don't I don't think Todd's the type that's gonna go after him. You know, um, you know, intentionally, Todd will race him hard, but you know, I, it, there, there's there's too much at stake still in this in the series, you know, to go out and try and intentionally wreck somebody.
0: Yeah, I think when cooler heads prevail, uh, that might not happen. But uh, uh, you know, hopefully, Sheldon said something about reaching out to him. Uh, he, he, I don't think he would blame him if he did. Go after him, but uh, he did say that he wanted to reach out to him, and I think that's a good move. Uh, now, Sal, I do have uh, post race audio here from Brett Moffat in Austin Hill as well. Do you have, uh, as well as Jeff uh the crew chief for Sheldon Creek? Do you have a preference of who you'd like to hear?
1: No, just any, anybody's fine here.
0: Okay, let's go to Brett Moffat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go to Brett Moffat in the number 23 Destiny Homes Chevrolet and his post-race comments.
2: I know
3: we're going to be joined momentarily by, and right now,
2: we're going to
3: be joined by finisher, Brett Moffitt, driver of the number 23 Destiny Homes Chevrolet. A reminder to the media to ask a question, go to the participants tab and raise your hand. Um, Brett, why don't we just have you take us quickly through your run there. We'll let media queue up a couple more questions.
4: Uh, yeah. Um, you know, like Austin said, obviously I did not was not a fan of the pit stop procedure we had today. It just took all the strategy out, all the chance to make up spots on pit road. Um, so that was a little bit frustrating, but uh I don't know. We were uh pretty much a sixth to third place truck all race long and uh fortunately got some track position on that last restart and was able to push our teammates to the lead there and Ultimately, it's a good day for GMS. Uh, we had a lot of fast trucks here, and we just got to continue that momentum.
0: Okay, there you have it, Sal. He was not a fan of the controlled pit stop strategy, uh, program that NASCAR is currently has in place. Uh, any thoughts there? I can kind of understand yeah. it because, yeah, okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, you like I, like I said earlier, you know, you're taking it out of the – You're taking it out of the team's hands, you know what, and, um, you know, you're basically putting it in, you know, in in per se in NASCAR's hands, you know, with it. But the thing is, is that, you know, it is is part of racing. You know what, if mistakes are made, you know what, and it gives the teams, you know, that are, you know, a chance to capitalize on them or even the teams that are even better than other teams that it, you know, gives them a chance to get that advantage. But, you know what, that's Mm -hmm. part of the dynamic of racing. And and they they, 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 um, practice all week on that stuff. You know, it's not just something that they come into race day and they say, okay, this is what we're going to do. I mean, these pit guys, they practice, you know, for that, you know, and they live just like the drivers have the adrenaline rush, you know, going into racing, these pit guys, they have the adrenaline rush, you know, to try and be better than the other team, you know, when it comes to the pit stops, you know, and then you take that away from them, you know, and it's, you know, you're taking the whole race dynamic away, you know, the whole idea, you know, of why they're one of the top three touring series and not just a super late model team, you know, that's, you know, race that they're trying to, you know, hopefully, you know, get, get yeah. let every driver race, you know.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this on Hot Topics <laughs> quite a bit. And and the, the younger drivers that are just coming up from the other series, uh, they're going to like it because it's what they're accustomed to. And these guys are accustomed to something totally different, and that's why they don't like it. So I get it. I mean, I understand why they don't like it. Uh, I understand why the other guys do like it. But at the same time, uh I do have a concern that this is supposed to be a like a testing or not testing, but learning field, if you will, for drivers to move up into the other series. Uh and pit stops are a big part of that. So I think they're exactly, missing out on a key right part there. of their development by not being exactly. able to get it right there pit stops. Yeah. And you so, hit it right there,
5: Shared.
0: I, yeah, I, I we've talked about it quite a bit, Sal. So uh, and that's been my stance on it. Uh, I, I kind of understand all sides of it, but at the same time, I do think there's there's a lost opportunity here, as well as I know they're trying to take care of business uh, in a in a uh, tight economic environment. Okay, um, let's go ahead and get into. Uh, The next uh, review, Uh, we're a little bit ahead here, and that's always a good thing. Uh, But let's talk about uh, the Xfinity Series uh, race that took place at uh, Daytona. That race uh, happened on Friday. The race winner was Justin Haley uh, at the age of 21, Driving the number 11 Leaf Filter Gutter Protection Chevrolet for Colic Racing. His crew chief is Alex Yance. Uh, it was his second victory in 58 Xfinity Series starts, his second victory in his fourth top 10 finish this year, and his first victory in third top ten finish in six races at Daytona. Now, Greg Alding finished second, posting his second top ten finish in five races at Daytona and his second top ten finish this year. Uh, I think he's only had two starts this year, so... Uh, that's pretty impressive Now Chase Briscoe is third He posted his second top ten finish In five races at Daytona Riley Herbs finished fourth As the highest finishing rookie And this is Colic Racing's fifth Xfinity Series victory this season Now this race ended With a little bit of controversy And we'll talk about that here In just a little bit uh, But uh, let's uh, go down the list We mentioned uh, one through four With Riley Herps. Uh, the rookie finishing fourth. Another rookie, Harrison Burton, finished right behind him in fifth. The next five drivers were Ross Chastain, Michael Lynette, Austin Sindrick, Josh Williams, and Jesse Little, another one of the rookies, round out the top ten. But that finish was – not what everybody was expecting, I don't think. But Ross Chastain had said even during the pre-race to people that he spoke to uh, that he expected there was going to be some wrecking uh, and that he'd be one of the ones to, that might get wrecked uh, at the finish of this race. But he took out his teammate, Sal.
1: You know, Sherrod, I have been a big supporter of Ross Chastain. All of us have. I mean, everybody likes Ross Chastain. Everybody yes. likes all the drivers. You know, there's a few. But you know what? His post-race um, comments basically sucked. I was so disappointed to hear what <laughs> came out of his mouth. You know what? I don't. If I was a AJ, I would have grabbed a watermelon and I would have bashed it on top of his head for what he said. So those were horrible, horrible words to say. I mean, he, there's another way to put it. I'm going to win. You know what? I'm going to go at any cost. Ross, you know what? You don't take your – first of all, don't take your That was what yeah, but 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 can you apologize? You know, don't mm-hmm. don't just come out and say you know well, you know he's gosh, I, I never expected the last person I ever expected to hear a comment of post race interview like that was from rock Chastain, and you know what? And, and I'm sorry, but I lost a lot of respect when I heard that interview, and I was like, gosh, he didn't even, you know, it was all me, 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 me. You know, not not you know about you know everybody wants to win, yeah. But you know what? A second place finish would have been a lot better than where he finished. You know, and and in that position, you know, trying to win, you know, there was uh, there was opportunity. You know, there was still a lot of yeah. he told us, We all we 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 we've seen people pass in the last 300 feet. You know what? But man, the way he he did AJ, AJ Allmendinger rock and AJ AJ, I could believe that his interview was was the way it was. You know, he just went along with it. He was just happy. You know to see Collin Gracie. You know, like he said, we missed out on a one-two-three finish, but at least we got a Collin Gracie driver, and we got right. Collin. we got the, the trophy. He said, you know, we, we got another trophy. Right. You know, and th- and you know, and and I I expected something. What AJ said to come out of Ross Chastain's mouth. That's that's the kind of review I expect to hear from Ross. Not that you know the me, me, and me, the selfish like it was a really good yeah. race when I when I talked Ross, to you and I I watched it I watched it after man you're you're not you weren't mine when you said it was a good race.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Ross Chastain uh, has not been unapologetic about being very aggressive, and he's been that way for quite a while. But particularly before, during, and after this race, uh, for him, it was all about getting that win. In order to get into the playoffs And to secure his spot in the playoffs And and he was being selfish And I know the announcer said You almost have to be that way uh, In in this environment uh, And I, I Agree with you in a lot of respects uh, But at the same time uh, I, I do Wish he would have made an apology To A.J. Amundinger uh, And I have to go back now and listen And see if he did that at all But I um, I I do think that he's kind of in that mode. His head mode is, I've got to win. I've got to get that win. And he's going to do everything he possibly can do to go after that win. Uh, So from his perspective, he has no regrets. But he is, um, I think if he looks at the replay, he's a competitor. I think when he looks at the replay, um, and, and this is something that I've always said, that left rear corner panel is very touchy, and you never touch it when you're in a corner like that because it's going to end up in a wreck. But here's the thing. He he hurt himself as well as hurting A.J. Allmendinger because he did not get a win, which is what he was going after, and that was not an appropriate move at that place in the track. So part of that is that learning curve. I would – He's still on the learning curve, even though he's been around it for a long time. But uh, he, he's going to have to learn how to tone those things down and make the right moves at the right time versus making the wrong moves at the wrong time. And that's what I think he did this weekend. And, um, you know, and he knows and, better. And you know what, I think, I think it was he too... knows better. Oh, yeah. yeah go you ahead. know what, I
1: think it was too Sharon? I, I, I think it. I think it was. Frust- I think it's frustration is setting in too.
2: Because remember yep. last
1: year he had he had wins, he had wins around the board. You know what? He hasn't had any wins this year, and I think he's just he's just really frustrated because he feels he knows that team can win first of all, and but he just right. feels you know that they haven't he hasn't gotten that win yet. And I think I think he's seen he had a chance to finally get that win, and I think when he's seen it, he just he blocked everything else out you know what and add, yeah. you know heck with it. I'm gonna go for it, you know, at any cost and not thinking, you know, that you know, that maybe, you know I don't know, but yeah. I mean I see a lot of frustration and, and I give I, and I still respect him as a driver because he's he's one heck of a he's one heck of a driver. I mean I mean we we can get different cars and win, you know, and, and but and you know you gotta feel bad.
0: Yeah, I just want to reiterate, he's been on our show a number of times, and we've always considered Ross Chastain a, a fan for racing fan. Or not fan, but friend <laughs> is what I meant yeah. to say. So um, I do think, you know, we, we still like Ross Chastain. We still uh, admire him as a race car driver. Uh, but in this particular instance, we're going to kind of call it the way we see it. And uh, that's that's what it is. So, yeah. let's go ahead. I mean, Daytona's and, and, over. Yeah.
1: And you know and, and that's and, and that's what Daytona brings out in the drivers. It brings out the worst in the drivers anyway. It does. So, you got to kind of expect it, you know. You know, you just it's, uh, that's one of the tracks you have to expect it, you know, it's going to bring out the worst in them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, uh Justin Haley was a good day for Colleague Racing. Justin Haley won the first set stage. Uh it was a Excuse me, AJ Almendinger won the second stage Thank you And then it was um, uh, Justin winning that last stage And of course the win There were eight caution flags for 28 laps Nine lead changes among seven drivers The margin of victory was really, really close At uh, 0.253 seconds So uh, it was a very, very tight uh, finish there for that victory for Justin Haley I think he was as surprised as anybody But let's go over the uh, Points report, Sal
1: <clears throat> Okay, and then in the points We're looking at um, Austin Cedric is still leading the points And um, I think he's still Looking at his magic number as uh, Oh on no, that's Chase Briscoe Looking at the magic number of eight wins um,
2: Austin yes. Cedric
1: is leading the points And then um, second is Chase Briscoe Third is still Ross Chastain um, fourth is Noah Gregson. fifth is Justin Haley, and you got you had to feel back for the Jr. for the Jr. Junior Motorsports team because
2: mm-hmm. they they stuck
1: together, they had a plan, and it's like they say the family that, went that stays together wrecks together. I guess because
2: they all yeah. went out
1: too like they almost all went out together. But you know, all in all, you know what? Um, you know it was a, you know Junior really kept his calm and, and didn't say too much. You know over the you know, mm-hmm. he was talking. You know, they were talking about. Well, there goes Junior Motorsports. You know, oh yeah, you yeah, know, but you know, and you know, but you got to give him credit. You know, being you know a commentator, you know, and and being able to mm-hmm. um, to to keep it professional. So then from there, then we okay. go down to six and Harrison. Harrison Burton is a is a is a leading. Rookie. Well,
0: Justin Haley is fifth. Yeah. Okay, and then Harrison.
1: And then and yeah, and then six six was uh oh that's right. Fifth is Justin Hayden, sixth is Harrison Burton, seventh is Justin Algar, who's still in the fight, eighth is Michael Annette, ninth is Brandon Jones, who's really super quiet this season. We haven't heard much about Brandon Jones this year. tenth um, mm-hmm. is Riley Herbs, eleventh Ryan C who's still hanging in there, and twelfth is Brandon Brown to round out the top twelve for the for the chase. And wasn't there yes, reports indeed. that Ryan C that Ryan C got signed for next season? Did they announce that this week? I, think I, I heard don't say. know, he's coming
2: back.
0: It might. It's a yeah, possibility. It's his own yeah, race team, I so I, really, I would think they would resign yeah. Ryan for his yeah. own race team. Yeah. Um, but I think they said they're going
2: to come okay. back next season.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, we always talk about the playoff points and how important those are. Austin Cindric has 5 wins, he has 9 stage wins, giving him 34 playoff points. That's why he's uh, up at the top there. Uh because the difference is although Chase Briscoe has 6 wins, he only has 5 stage wins, so he has only 30 he has 35 points. Um Ross doesn't have any wins, but there's three four drivers with 2 wins. Noah Gregson, Justin Haley, uh, Harrison Burton, and Brandon Jones all with two wins uh, this year. And then uh, Justin Algauer with the one win, and A.J. Almendinger has one win, but he's got a part-time schedule this year. He's not racing the full-time schedule. So uh, he has only eight starts compared to everybody else's 22 starts. So um, – uh, I think in in Ross's defense, I think that's where he was coming from. Uh, J.J. gets two wins, but it doesn't help him get into the playoffs. He needed that win, Uh, not necessarily to get into the playoffs, but to be able to say he got there based on a win versus based on points. So uh, in his defense, I kind of see where he's coming from.
1: Yeah, you know what, and like I said, you know, to brings out the worst in drivers, and you know AJ Almanir really yeah. wanted the win. You know, you know I don't know I don't know if he's trying to get a full time ride next season, but I, I know he said he's you know he be back in a couple more weeks again to race. You know, so he's picking mm-hmm. up rides. But I mean, the win, the win for him would have just really been, you know, you know it would have been, it would have been big for him, even though he already has one. But you know, I'm sure he'd like to finish the season out with two wins. You know, and and you know, but like he said at the end, you know, Kyle Racing got the winner's trophy. And that's what counts, you know, we got calling another trophy in the shop, you know, and and that's that's what he said counted, counted more than anything else. And that was, that that right there is a veteran, a veteran, you know, post-race statement right there, you know, is to look beyond, you know, what happened, you know, and, and try to look at the positive, you know, for the team itself, you know, because teams will look at that, you know, say, no, this guy, he's a team player, you know what? He wants to mm-hmm. win, but he's still looking at you know at, at you know how to better the team. And it was a good race, like you yep. said. You know, there's a lot of action. You know what? And uh, you know, and of course, it will be Toronto. You know, brings out some 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 crazy racing. The there's some good three four wide racing. And well, um,
0: let's you know, hear what Justin, and, Haley Justin Haley had to say. Okay,
1: go ahead. All right.
0: Yeah, Justin Haley from the number 11 Colic Racing Chevrolet. All right,
3: Justin, are you able to hear I am able to hear y'all. Awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Congratulations. Um, we are now joined by our race winner, Justin Haley, uh, driver of the number 11 Chevrolet for Colleg Racing. Um, Justin, crazy race, a lot of teamwork going in there, um, got shuffled to the you know, fifth a little bit, and then ended up coming up with the win. So what was it like out there?
4: Yeah, obviously the first part of the race, you know, you want to kind of you know, save your stuff and, and have a lot of teamwork. Um, you know, I got shuffled there by the Fords with, you know, about 10 to go. And, and luckily I was close enough back. I could see Sendrick's hand signals and, uh, you know, he's kind of counting down to chase, I believe. And, you know, I could kind of, I was translating to, you know, my guys, what the Fords were going to do. You know, I was kind of like the spy back there. And then I got a good run, um, based off when they were trying to lag back, I lagged back a little quicker and I was mm-hmm. able to shoot, shoot past them. And then obviously, you know, the two other college cars got, uh, got together, but awesome effort by everyone at Lee Field Protection, Colleague Racing. Uh, you know, we're, you know, a team. We're a team, and, and we're a family, and, and if one of us wins, obviously the other two are disappointed, but um, at least one of us got it.
0: Okay, talking about that team effort there at colleague Racing, uh, Haley kind of echoed that same sentiment.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and that, that just tells you, when you hear two drivers talk about that, You know that kind of gives you, you know, like the fans are always wondering, you know, what's it like, you know, to go into, you know, to a team meeting, you know, after the race. You know what? What do they talk about? They sit around the table, you know, or even, you know, Thursday, you know, before they get out to the track, you know, when they have their team meetings. And this just kind of gives you an idea of of what colleagues instills in their drivers, you know, what and what the drivers actually take in and what they listen to, you know, and what the colleague, what their whole motto is, you know, what and and you know. So I mean, you can just. Just from these little tidbits that we've heard from Justin Haley and from and from AJ Allm- and even from Ross Chastain, you know what Ross Chastain yep. he had a little tidbit too. You know he said, "Hey, you know what? We we go for the win." You know what? So yeah, I mean, you, you kind of get an idea. You know, and Ross wasn't afraid to say, it, "We go for the win." You know, so you kind of get a little idea. And college Race is really racing against some big dogs, and and they're um they're holding their own.
0: Okay, let's go ahead and move on now to the uh, Cup Series, uh, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 race winner was William Byron at the age of 22 in the number 24, Liberty University Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports, and crew chief, Tad Knauss. Uh It was his first victory in the NASCAR Cup Series in 98 NASCAR Cup Series races, so big day for William Byron his first victory in ninth top ten finish this season, and his first victory in second top ten finish in six races at Daytona. Chase Elliott finished second, posting his first top ten finish in ten races at Daytona and his 15th top ten finish this year. Denny Hamlin, in third, posted his, his 11th top ten finish in 30 races At Daytona John Hunter Nemechek finishing 11th Was the highest finishing rookie Now William Byron and Matt DiBenedetto Clinched the final two spots In the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs And Byron becomes the 21st Different driver to win His first career NASCAR Cup Series Race at Daytona And the 11th to do it In the summer race Now to round out the top 10 Martin Truex Jr. Finished in 4th Bubba Wallace coming home with a fifth place finish, Ryan Blaney finishing sixth. Then it was Alex Bowman, Brendan Gaughan, Chris Busher, and Brad Keselowski rounding out the top ten drivers at Daytona. What a
6: race!
1: <laughs> what a race!
0: Joey Logano looked like all race long.
1: Joey Logano looked like he was going to walk away with another Daytona win, and it was not to be had. And William Byron no, just kind of stuck in there and yeah. really super quiet in there and just, you know, but when he made it through that last wreck, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I don't know how he was able to maneuver. Because he didn't only make a right, he had to make a left, and another right and another left, and do all that <laughs> without spinning, without hitting any cars, yeah. without scraping any cars. But <clears throat> the biggest heartbreak had to be Jimmy Johnson making it through the through second to the last wreck, through, actually made it through the big one. And then to get caught mm-hmm. up in that last wreck and take him out of the chase, out of the a possibility yeah, for the that chase was and to put Matt, which pushed Matty D in there, and um, it was kind of heartbreaking to see Jimmy go down that way because I really wanted, even if even if he wouldn't have done good in the chase, you know, but just to just to be one of the chase drivers. But um, mm-hmm. you know, all all in all was you know you got to tap off to William Byron. You know what to get the win. You know what, actually Jimmy's Absolutely. the only uh, he's the only. Um, HMS driver that did make the chase and the only one that did get a win this year, this
2: season.
0: Yeah, it's, it is disappointing. Uh, I was really hoping that uh, <coughs> Jimmy Johnson would be able to pull something off there and get that victory. It looked like he might was going to do that until that incident happened. Uh, but uh, it is what it is, and we move on from there. Uh, you're right, Joy you Logano won the first yeah. two stages of the race, Uh, There were six caution flags for 21 laps and 35 lead changes among 16 drivers. The margin of victory was 0.119 seconds uh, in this race, Sal. So, uh, some very tight racing there at the end, for sure. You had some, yeah. Once again,
1: yeah. Once again, this race was decided by a move that should have never been made when Tyler Reddick moved up on Kyle Bush and Kyle had nothing,
2: mm-hmm. he,
1: he tried to do all he could to avoid it. And Sure, Tyler Reddick took full responsibility for it after, but um, why are you going to try a slide job at Daytona going from the bottom to the top being a rookie the way and he was is? To block, and, but yeah. He was
0: trying to block, but he was trying to block, but the block it was a block that went bad. Um, yeah, it went really and, bad.
1: It was a block he mm-hmm. should have tried. He should have you know he should have just, you know, I don't know. Either way, Donald Butch was not happy. But, uh, he he, his interview was a lot better. He handled than I it well. He did because usually he just fires off on him. But I think, you know what, Kyle's just to see him having to what everything that has could go wrong has gone wrong, and you know and it's probably going to continue to go wrong. You know, so let me just, you know, make a good it's interview just get one out of those here. Years. And, yeah, and go watch my son because his son's. Being pretty dominant in the quarter midgets right now So he probably just might get (laughs) home And get his son out to the track on Sunday To go, you know, win another quarter midget race You know
0: Yep, yep, it's pretty cool to see that happening Okay, Sal Let's uh, go over the points report
1: Okay Then on the points we have um, Everybody knows who's Still leading the points, Kevin Harvick Danny Hamlin And Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano And Chase Elliott are the top five uh, and then going down from there, we got, um, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron, and Austin Dillon running out the top 10. Um, got a pretty good strong, uh, top 10, top 10 drivers right there. The top three, of course, we've watched them throughout the season this year, um, especially Hamlin and, uh, and Kevin Harvick, just basically dominate the whole, you know, the whole series, um, you know what the combination of wins they have and, and their domination of all the tracks and just a lot of things going on with them. So, um,
0: let's let go on to the
1: there. next six. Next six, yeah. And then we got Cole Custer, who is the highest rookie right now. Eric Almirola, Clint Boyer, Kyle Busch, Kurt Bush and Matt Deep. Deep, Deep, and Ended. some. weeks I can say, it, some weeks I can't. But um, so basically we're in the chase with the. Uh, with the Cup Series, so the top 16, those are your Chase drivers. Um, anybody from down there is just fighting for that 17th spot. And I think NASCAR is still giving that million-dollar bonus to the 17th place finisher in the series, in that 17th spot. And that so far, Jimmy Jimmy Johnson is in that spot. So um, going, we're, we're headed into our playoffs with the with the Cup Series, and Kevin Harvick is um, licensed to Sharon, it the He's he's not the closer now. Now he's the dominator. So I'm waiting for one driver to step up and say, there's three and then me, like Logano did, and then he won the championship.
0: (laughs) Yep, he is the regular season champion uh, for the NASCAR Cup Series. But now we'll determine who the uh, 2020 champion for the Cup Series will be in the next 10 races, starting at Darlington this next weekend. So uh, it it is going to be interesting. You've got Kevin Harvick with seven wins, Denny Hamlin with six. They've been the two most dominant drivers all season long. Brad Keselowski has three victories. Uh, The drivers with two victories are Joy Logano and Chase Elliott. And then the drivers with one victory include Martin Truex, Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, William Byron, Austin Dillon, and the rookie, Cole Custer. (laughs) So playoff points again are going to be huge in this uh because this is what carries them throughout the playoffs. Kevin Harvick has a whopping 57 playoff points compared yeah. to Denny Hamlin's 47 playoff points and Brad Keselowski at 29 playoff points. To continue, to continue with those with double digits, you have uh Chase Elliott with 20, I'm sorry, Joy Logano with 22. Uh Chase Elliott with 20. Martin Truex with 14, and um, let's see, Ryan Blaney has 13 playoff points. Everybody else is in the single digits. Uh, but those guys at the top are, have huge numbers. So,
1: You know what's amazing is going into the first chase race at Darnington that Kevin Harvick has a 57-point lead over Matty D, who's 16th in points. Um, you know, and even Cole Custer that has the one win – you know he's still uh, fifty-two points ahead of Cole mm-hmm. Custer, so I mean these drivers they have a lot to work on because Kevin, is, is basically the way Martin Truex was the season that Martin Truex won his championship, where he was so he had racked up so many playoff points that Martin was almost guaranteed into each round because he was just so far ahead in in the points, and and Kevin is I mean amazing fifty-seven <laughs> points, Jeez, that's that's a, that's a I amazing. still
0: wonder though, Sal If there isn't a driver that's going to pull A Tony Stewart And maybe not do so well during the regular season But win 5 out of 10 Races in the playoffs uh, I still think that could happen uh, Maybe not to the same degree But we may say somebody Kind of come out of their shell And uh, shine during these next uh, Playoff races Time will tell the rest of that story
1: You know what, and actually On, on that note I think if there's any driver who could actually get fired up and just, you know what, and, and just turn it up. I mean, we used to see Jimmy Johnson do it during when he won all seven of his championships, especially when they started the chase. Jimmy just, he had, a, he had a, a switch that he would flip. But I think if there's one driver, it's a 14th place driver right now, and that would be Kyle Busch, the one driver, I think, out of everybody <laughs> in that list that, that can fire off, you know, four or five, even possibly six wins during these last ten races. And and exactly snatch that championship point. right out of right out of Harvick and Denny Hamlin's hands, but it's going to be hard to beat Harvick and Hamlin because they've been not only have they been good with the wins, but they've also been consistent, and it's and it's a mm-hmm. consistency that has that, has, that has kept up up at the top of the top of the charts the whole season.
0: Well, whoever does it is going to need that consistency for the ten races that are coming up. Now we do have post race audio here. Uh, this is from William Byron, the race winner. Uh, he raced his way into the playoffs with that victory. So let's hear what William Byron has to say.
3: Hey, William, are you here? Yeah, you got me? Yes. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Congratulations on the win, the playoff berth, just everything. Can you walk us through how you're feeling right now?
5: Uh, incredible. <laughs> I am on cloud nine for sure. Um, there was a point of that race that I didn't really think things were gonna work out in our favor to uh, to make the playoffs and you know really have have a an opportunity next week so this was kind of one of those um, do or die situations and um, kind of crossed that fork in the road tonight and and we um, were able to be aggressive and make it happen and really just the final probably 10 laps of the race I just was on um, on offense and trying to trying to just win the race and take whatever run i could and um luckily was able to make the moves that i needed to got just enough daylight between the 22 and the 43 to kind of split that gap and um you know i i pushed the 43 really aggressively up to there and he had did a, done a great job to hold on to his car and get us to that place and position and um and from there then the next restart got a great push from the 14 um you know and then was fortunate that things worked out to where i had the nine on with me on the last lap and um you know was able to make it work so just incredible I don't even know what to say really it's a huge
0: blessing okay so he, he makes a really good point to win at Daytona you've got to have friends <laughs> and uh, he did get some help uh, from a couple of different drivers there in order to get him well and he did some really good uh, 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 hand work too like you said uh, getting his car through some of those wrecks as well so
1: big day for William Byron. Yeah, it was. It was a huge win for him. I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta really take your hats off to him because he doesn't have all the experience that all these other drivers have. He started racing at a very late age. You know, he didn't start, you know, in quartermage. You know, he was, you know, three, four years old. You know, and and throughout his his career, you know, they've always talked about, you know, about William Byron, you know, getting started, you know, late you know, auto racing, you know, something that he wanted to try and wanted to do, you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't one of these, I don't know if you call them a baby boomer, you know, where they start, you know, when they, you know, when they can walk, you know, they're already behind the wheel of a car, you know, and he wasn't one of those, you know, he had to tone his skills, you know, from a later age, which is kind of, kind of like the way the old time drivers from way back in the day from the Earnhardt and the Petty days, you know, they didn't really come into each cup series until they're like 25 26 27 years old. You know, He, you know, he
0: he really did start later in life. He came from i racing as well. He's done a lot of i racing as well as, you know, he did do some track racing too, uh starting at a, a later age in his teens. And you know, I was noticing his voice. Remember we used to talk to him in the K N Pro Series uh when he was just a young guy and uh, he's definitely matured. The learning curve, he's had a very steep learning curve uh, in the truck series and then in the Xfinity series, but it's been a little tougher for him uh, making that transition into the Cup Series. So it was really good to see him finally get that victory uh, in the Cup Series as a young man. And, and uh, I think we're going to see more good things from William Byron now that he's got that monkey off of his back.
1: You know, and and it, and because you know, I don't. Everybody says it's Hendrick Motorsports, but I think it's more Gordon and Hendrick Motorsports. So Jeff Gordon must have really seen something, you know. Because I I know I know that Rick really looks to Jimmy and Jeff. You know, he's bringing up the different drivers he's brought up, but I I think uh-huh. Jeff must have, and Jimmy must have really seen something in William Byron that caught their eye. You know, to tell Rick hey, you know take a chance on him because when William Byron came up. There were other drivers that could have taken that spot, you know, easily. You know, been put in you know in the twenty four car, you know, and especially you know with that being, you know, well that move that move where he had to go right left and right, yeah, to
0: get around that wreck is an example of what he can do. Yes,
1: exactly. You know, but you know, but I just think you know Jeff and Jimmy really, especially Jeff, you know, he was he was driving Jeff's car. You know, I think Jeff really had to see something, you know. Rick, you know, hey, you know, this yep. is the kid I want in my car, you know. and uh,
0: Absolutely, you know, and, uh, absolutely. Really
1: well-schooled, really well-schooled, really polite, you know what, and um, not a hothead.
0: Always has been uh, from what we've seen uh, of him coming up through the ranks here. Uh, and I was really happy for, for William Byron to be able to get that win. As much as I wanted Jimmy Johnson to be in there, uh, it did not take away – Uh, for my happiness that William Byron was able to pull that off and get that victory. I was uh, super happy for him. So, Sal, we're at at that time where we have to say goodbye. Uh, And uh, just a reminder to everybody that you and I will not be online. We will not be on our radio show on Monday night this next week. We're going to be doing the show on Tuesday night because of the uh, Labor Day holiday so uh, look for us at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, September the 8th, uh, for that show. Okay?
1: Okie dokie. So we'll see everybody um, in, a, in a couple of weeks and uh, have a good, uh, safe weekend. In a couple have a good weeks? Safe, uh, yeah. Oh, you I'll, can't I'll be here next that. Tuesday. Oh, yeah. okay.
2: Yeah, so right. I have to get somebody.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and okay. everybody so. have a good, uh, safe Labor Day weekend, too.
0: Okay. Take care, uh, Sal. We'll talk to you later. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. Okay. We are now ready for our hot topic sound off. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention before I start introducing everybody here is that uh, uh, Joe Graff Jr., who is not on with us tonight, will be on with us next Tuesday night uh, at that nine o'clock half hour. So look for that to happen as well. So, first of all, let me welcome our co-host for NASCAR Hot Topics Sound Off, and that is Andy Lasky. Welcome to the show, Andy.
7: Thanks, Sharon. How are you doing tonight?
0: Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, looking forward to talking with you guys. We've got a full Absolutely. hour uh, tonight, so that should be good. Uh, also joining us is Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay.
8: Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. Excited. I know we got a couple of good hot topics to cover tonight for sure.
0: Without a doubt, I'm looking forward to it And also joining us is uh, Mike Orzell Welcome to the show
8: So, I was,
6: I was worried Andy was going to steal it Because he used it in the chat the other day But hey
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's your signature, uh, Mike I don't think anybody's going to steal it um, we, we may give it back to you every now and then But uh, we're not going to steal it That's definitely you Okay, so with that, let's go ahead and get started with our hot topic sound off for tonight, and we'll we'll let the co-hosts uh, kick it off. Andy, what's our first yeah, hot this topic? Looked,
7: this one's kind of bittersweet. Um, Jimmy Johnson misses the playoffs and won't be able to go for an eighth championship. I thought that was probably the the big one from the weekend for sure.
0: Okay, uh, Mike, we'll let you go next.
6: Yeah. Unfortunately, Sharon, I'm not eating my words. Um, I think I called Jimmy Johnson to be out. And, uh, unfortunately he was real close and it, it, it was a great race. It wasn't his and, fault. And, uh, no, it yeah. absolutely wasn't. Um, but it, it definitely didn't, uh, it didn't pan out the way it wanted to go for Jimmy and unfortunately we don't see him in there anymore. Um, obviously there's, there's always the discussion. Oh, well, he missed it by six points. If he, if he hadn't missed the race for COVID or if he hadn't been DQ'd at Charlotte or whatever, um, it is what it is, and it's unfortunate. And it just kind of leads more to the speculation of is Jimmy really going to retire or is he going to come back for another shot at it next year? And it kind of dovetails into another hot topic that I was going to bring up. But I think Jimmy's going to be gone for real, at least as a full-time competitor. And that's based on Hendrick Motorsports now doing throwbacks to various Jimmy Johnson paint jobs every single car Uh, And the Hendrick Motorsports stable this weekend at Darlington kind of indicates again that if Jimmy were really going to come back, maybe they wouldn't do something like that. So I think even though he missed the playoffs, I think this may be the end for Jimmy Johnson in terms of full-time competition, just like he announced it's going to be. And it's
8: unfortunate to see him go out like this.
0: Okay. Jay, your thoughts?
8: Well, I'm not eating any more than than Mike was. Again, I had already come to that pretty much realization. It is unfortunate, but I also look at it as an exciting time because we have new contenders. I know some of them are perennial contenders, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, the two having the best year. You know, Jimmy Johnson had his run of seven, uh, five in a row. So uh, the changing of the guard, and I do think, uh, like Mike said, that, you know, championship or not, uh, he he said last year and this year, you know, he's there to win races. He's got the championships. He was there to win win a race, another race, and, and took his shot at it. Uh, definitely in contention, and if he had been in, I'd wished him the best of luck, but I think there's a couple others that it's their time to step up. Uh, you know, and with that, I, I also see then who's also at the bottom, not not only Jimmy Johnson as a seven-time, but Kyle Busch as your defending champion, barely yeah. in it, when, or at the bottom end, now with the reseating, so i'm excited about the playoffs yes it uh jimmy johnson's not in wasn't in last year either and the world continued to spin so
0: (laughs) okay yeah i agree i think jimmy johnson definitely was there to win he was certainly in contention to win and putting himself in the right place uh to go after that victory uh he just got caught up in a mess that was not of his own doing and it took him out of the race. And and that uh, certainly has nothing to do with uh, the effort that he put into uh, that race uh, to possibly come home with that victory, Uh, or at least, you know, with a good top five finish. Uh, So I was disappointed for Jimmy, but at the same time, I was just saying this earlier, uh, that doesn't take away from how excited I was for William Byron and the fact that he got his first victory at Daytona and was able to get into the playoffs. Uh, And I agree with you guys. It's kind of a changing of the guard. You've got the new guard coming in. You've got the old guard going out. And uh, to kind of uh, just hit on the topic of whether Jimmy Johnson will come back, I don't see him coming back, just based on the comments that he's made. Um, uh, I went back and read an article uh he was on the Jim Rome show and i posted that on uh fan for racing and i was just listening to his commentary there again and and he said he's pretty much at peace with his his decision and uh he's ready to move forward and i see him doing that in a lot of ways so um i really don't look for jimmy johnson to come back he he did say that he'll come back and race some one-offs uh here and there but uh, I think Jimmy's ready to move on, and uh, uh, I think he's at peace with what's happened, as disappointing as it is. I think he's at peace with it, and he's ready to just move on to the next race and see if he can win some races before uh, this season ends out. So, Andy, I'm curious to know your thoughts.
7: I think for me, you know, it was it was sad to see it. I I, I think that mm-hmm. whether you're a Jimmy Johnson fan or not, um, I would venture to say that most every NASCAR fan wanted to see Jimmy Johnson get into the playoffs and see him, you know, try to try to go win that East Championship and it was, you know, obviously disappointing to see how his race ended and, and how his playoff chances ended. But, you know, at the end of the day, Jimmy Johnson's a seven time champion and, and you can't take that away from him obviously one of the very best to ever drive a stock car. So even though, you know, the season in his career might not be ending on the highest of notes, it's without a doubt that, you know, Johnson's one of the best there ever has been to to drive the NASCAR. So um, just kind of have to look back and appreciate the moments, you know, the good times. And, and, you know, to your point, Sharon, yeah, the season is not done. There's still 10 chances for him to go out there and try to win. And hopefully we see him at least get maybe a win or two before the year's out. But um, yeah, just, you know, disappointing to see that and, and, you know, obviously happy to see Byron and the Benedetto get in, obviously deserving to be in the playoffs for both those drivers. But um yeah, I just hate it you kinda hate to see Jimmy go out that way, but you know, that's pretty common really when you look at how a lot of drivers end their careers, it's um very rarely do drivers go out, you know, as, as champions. It's usually a little bit of a downward spiral and you know jimmy's been good certainly you know his entire career but you know the last couple three years probably haven't been what either he or the team have wanted but nonetheless you know you know there's definitely still some fight in that 48 team and you know it'd be cool to see him at least go out maybe get a couple wins and end things you know on a good note but it's important to to note that jimmy's going out on his own terms which is another thing a lot of drivers don't always get to do so the fact that he's doing it his way retiring when he wants is, is a pretty cool thing. And and I don't think we've seen the last of him, you know, from, from everything that I've heard. He'll probably come back and run some NASCAR races. Seems like he's pretty interested in doing some IndyCar stuff moving forward. So I don't think we've seen the mm-hmm. last of Jimmy Johnson, and I think he'll be racing for some years to come.
0: Yes, indeed. And one thing, if I can just interject here, I forgot to mention, is that you know, he actually had two things that kind of impacted his season uh, and put him on the bubble to begin with. And and the first was that disqualification that they had early in the season, uh, and he ended up with zero points. Uh, you know, then he had the COVID where he ended up not being able to race the race. He, he probably could have survived one of those, but having both of those things happen uh, did not help him. So um, – I think Jimmy tried to make the best of the situation, uh, and I think he's going to continue to try to make the best of the situation, and I'm not going to be surprised to see Jimmy Johnson win before this year ends. So, Mike, uh, your thoughts?
6: Yeah, you bring up an interesting kind of topic of discussion there with the changing of guard, and it happens generationally. Uh, It just so happened we saw Richard Petty's last race was Jeff Gordon's first race, and there's there's Mm -hmm. always the question of, well, if Jimmy Johnson had never come along, what would Jeff Gordon's season, you know, seasons in the two thousands have looked like? Cause there's, there's kind of the perception that Jimmy Johnson took a lot of the potential away from what Jeff Gordon could have done in the mid two thousands. And I know they raced together for a long time, but in a lot of ways that was a bit of a changing of the guard as well, at least in terms of the sports most dominant driver. And now again, we've seen Gordon retire, Tony Stewart retire. Now Jimmy Johnson's going to retire and, really the reins of leadership of the sport is being transitioned over to guys like chase Elliott and to a lesser extent, he got one win, but I would say he's probably not quite there yet as, you know, William Byron, those young names who are now starting to find their way on their own. And now instead of we're talking about William Byron's driving Jeff Gordon's 24 car, William Byron is the driver of the 24 car, and the 24 car belongs to William Byron now. And I think as we're going to go forward, we're going to see the next generation of NASCAR stars uh, come into their own, and they're going to be the drivers that in 10 to 15 years from now, we're going to be looking back and lamenting them, leaving as the kids who are in diapers right now, Brexton Bush or or whoever, is coming in Mm -hmm. and filling in these roles currently occupied by who we think are young drivers right now.
0: Jay?
8: Jay? Yeah, again, it, you know, it, it happens uh, whether it be your favorite driver or not. Again, I was a Jeff Gordon fan, so so when he departed, uh, he got to go out on a little bit higher note. I know he made the Final Four, picking up the win at Martinsville. Would have been a good story, but uh, I don't – I know I saw some of the uh, Twitter feed uh, saying that NASCAR ought to let him in since they held him out during the COVID thing, but he was DQ'd at a race, uh, took himself out at the one race where he was going for that uh, – going for the uh, stage win and made a Mm -hmm. mistake and you're talking about six points. I mean, there's a lot of places where six points could have come up, been made up. So you can't point to one race and say, Oh, that's what cost him. And it was somebody else's fault. Um, You know, that's the reason they keep track of points and, and whatnot throughout the year. So so the way it plays out, uh, again, I would have been happy if he'd have made it, but I'm also happy the fact of, again, the drivers that do have their shot, such as Matt DiBenedetto and now William Byron, obviously riding the momentum of a victory.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I interjected before, so I'm not going to take a follow-up here. So, Andy, your thoughts?
7: Yeah, I think it's important to to note that, you know, this team had 25 opportunities not counting the race that he missed at Indianapolis, but they had, you know, they've had all year to try to get the job done and it just didn't work out the way that they wanted it to. So you, you know, you can, you can say it was this reason or that reason, but at the end of, at the end of it all, you know, he just, he didn't make the playoffs, but uh, unfortunate, but like I said, I don't think it detracts in any way, shape or form from the career that he's had, which has been nothing short of spectacular and, just have to appreciate Johnson for everything he's done for us.
0: Without a doubt. Okay, uh, we're ready now to move on to the next topic. So, Jay, why don't you uh, hit that one?
8: Well, uh, it did answer a question. I know we had this back when it happened, uh, what, two two years ago now? Chad Knauss versus Jimmy Johnson. Which one had some left <laughs> and, and which one w- was going to – produce in the future and uh, we saw that come to fruition in the same event actually um so that was kind of an interesting side note i know we both had our opinions on that but the uh the one thing i look at with that as i mentioned earlier uh we know kevin harvick and denny hamlin have had the best two cars all year what we're looking at far as the playoffs the defending champion kyle bush on the lower end, not to say he can't advance. I think he will at least through the first round. But that's another perennial name. Who are the three and four spots giving the first two to Harvick and Hamlin? Uh, we've seen it shift back and forth. So what what everybody's thought on right now, headed, starting the, the playoffs, who three and four are.
0: Okay, Andy.
7: Well, I think you can't overlook Truex. I would have to say, based on his consistency, finishing second and third most every week, um, really can't rule him out. And then I think you have to look at somebody like Logano or uh, Kislowski probably as your third and fourth guys. I haven't really seen enough out of anyone else to make me think that they can go out there and get in the in the final four. But at the end, when it's all said and done, you know, we're in the playoffs now, and, and this is where teams will step up to the plate and you know some drivers and teams that have been struggling throughout the summer maybe because they were trying and learning some things you know now it's time to go out there and bring your best stuff every week to try to win so we may see some some teams that have been a little dormant start to come out and and run better so um it's really hard to say for sure you know who's going to struggle and who's not but I would have to go with the names I already mentioned as, as guys that for sure, um, you know, can go out there and get some wins and and probably make their way to Phoenix.
0: Okay. Mike, your thoughts.
6: Yeah. um, Andy brings up a good point about consistency and that really lends itself to guys like Joey Logano. Uh, He would probably be my number three. Um, He's coming in with a decent amount of playoff points, obviously not as many as Kevin Harvick, or Denny Hamlin, but he's got a healthy buffer of playoff points. And historically that team, uh, not just this season, but historically the team tends to be very consistent, especially into the playoffs. And we've seen the team get downright hot in the playoffs. We remember a couple of years ago, he won all three races in one of the playoff segments. So I would say Joey Logano would be my, uh, my number three. And then for number four, it really comes down to uh, another consistent driver, Martin Truex uh, or Chase Elliott. And I would have to give the nod to Chase Elliott on this one just by virtue of we've got a lot of tracks coming up that Elliott tends to do extremely well at. Uh, First round, he's done very well at Darlington and uh, Bristol. The next round, the Charlotte Roval is in there. And you can just about write his name in ink for a strong performance there, barring something unforeseen. Um, So those first two rounds right there are almost tailor-made for Chase Elliott to have the opportunity to advance. And then Martinsville in the third round, he hasn't won there, but he's had some really great runs at Martinsville. And that's another opportunity where I think Chase Elliott can really shine and advance his way into the final race at Phoenix. So that's why I would pick Chase Elliott as my number four over Martin Truex.
0: Okay. Um, Brad Keselowski has the three wins. He's been pretty consistent, I think, throughout most of this latter part of the season. Uh, and so I have to kind of put him up there at third. Uh, Joy Logano is just now starting to maybe kind of come back. He had a really strong start in the beginning and uh he's he's kind of on the verge of coming back again, maybe at a good time. We'll see what he does in the chase. Uh Chase Elliott is another possibility and so is Martin Truex Junior. Uh but I, I I would have to go uh at this point probably gosh, it's it, to me it's a tie between Joy Logano and Chase Elliott. Uh, between those two but we'll see what happens because i do think that we're going to get some surprises i think we're going to see some drivers that we don't expect to do well to do really well during these next 10 races and uh, uh, we've seen it before with uh, Tony Stewart, and I know not all of these guys are Tony Stewarts, uh, but if anybody could come close to being a Tony Stewart, it might be Kyle Bush. <laughs> and Kyle Bush could possibly come on strong during these uh, uh, last 10 races, and he might just prove that you can have a bad regular season and still. Uh, prove once again that you can have a bad regular season and come into the chase and or to, into the playoffs and, and pull off another championship. So I would not count him out at this point. Uh, and I think you're going to have other drivers like Jimmy Johnson and some of these guys uh, that that don't have wins right now are going to win at some point during this chase. Uh, it, it's going to be a really fun chase to watch. And uh, you know, I would put Eric Almarola in that category too, or Clint Boyer. Those guys could come up with a victory, uh, in in this chase. And uh Kyle Bush. I mean, there's a lot that can still happen in these next ten races. I think that fourth position is pretty tough to pick <laughs> right now. I would pick Brad Kazlowski definitely for the third. So, uh what are your thoughts, uh, Jay?
8: Well, same names, and I lean the other way on some of these that uh, I think Mike said he'd give the advantage to Chase Elliott over Martin Truex. As they've been running over the past several weeks, I'd have to yeah, put Truex Martin in as that so. third. Uh, with, yeah, with that consistency. Now, that fourth spot is the one I'm I really uh, just not sure about because we've seen, you mentioned Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, both have multiple wins, but they've been really streaky. I think Orion Ryan Blaney. And I think overall throughout the year, I know he was a little lulled after the break, but another one that was very solid, but we haven't seen it, and we haven't seen the wins. And, you know, we know winning is what advances you. So he might be the one I'd lean a little stronger towards in that four spot. Then you have Eric Elmirola. Sharon just mentioned him. Again, had a very solid streak of top ten finishes. Don't know that, that he can bring that back here as we enter the playoffs. And then my, th- my, my other one that I really, again, got to watch, uh, Kyle Busch. I, I know we're saying he's had a, a horrible year or whatever. He's actually had a very solid year. He just hasn't been winning. So that one, again, will those solid finishes get you all the way to Phoenix? Or does he start winning and, and put it into that high gear or find whatever they've been missing? So I'd put Martin Truex in. That four spot, uh, again, I, right now I'd have to say Ryan Blaney maybe Chase Elliott or Eric Cambrola and then if not Kyle Busch.
0: Okay. Uh let's go back to uh Andy.
7: Yeah, and I think it's important to look at the schedule too uh for the 10 races in the playoffs. It's, it's it's very diverse, which lends itself to some drivers winning you know and getting opportunities to win that we might not necessarily be thinking about especially when you look at this this first round Darlington's a very unique race track and even though it is the the higher downforce 550 package it it's so unique and high on tire wear that we tend to see uh some some different drivers run up front there than we might see at some of the other intermediate tracks and then you've got you know back to back short tracks of Richmond which we haven't even been to this year in Bristol so and then you know, looking further ahead, you've got the Roval, you've got Talladega, Martinsville. There's, you know, I, I probably over half the races are, are on unique racetracks that could lend itself to, you know, different drivers running up front at different times, and and possibly seeing, you know, some drivers bust through and, and win a race, you know, and that's the difference between, you know, making it two or three rounds or making it to that last round. I think it's fair to say you know, that Hamblin and Harvick are the two favorites this year, but, you know, crazy things have happened. And, you know, if we see three different winners in that third round that aren't Harvick and Hamlin, and, you know, that means one of those two doesn't even make the Final Four. And it sounds absurd to say that, but it is, it is always a chance, you know. So I think I really like the schedule, and I like the changes that they made, especially with the cut races this year for the playoffs. And I think it just lends itself to seeing – Uh, the possibility for for any of these guys in the
6: playoffs to go out there and and get a win.
0: Okay, Mike?
6: Yeah, I definitely see Jay's point regarding uh, Chase Elliott and not being as strong as maybe he was earlier in the year. But I'd, I'd be really cautious about putting too much stock in that because for pretty much the entire period that Chase Elliott has been, I don't even know if I want to call it a slump, but not running as well as he previously was, the 48 and the 24 car were right there on that cut line. So I've got to believe that the resources of Hendrick Motorsports were probably directed at keeping those two cars in the playoffs versus getting the 9 team, or don't forget about the 88 team. We haven't really talked about Alex Bowman. Um, I think some of those resources that were uh, used on the 24 and the 48 to try and get them into the playoffs, I think those might start get rededicated to ensuring that the, the 9, the 88, and now the 24 – have a better opportunity to advance deeper in the playoffs. So, you know, the the Chase Elliott tends to have a bit of a summer slump year after year and then brings it back hot in the playoffs again and I think that's probably something we're uh, we're going to look for this year as well.
0: Boy, does that sound familiar? Jimmy Johnson used to have that summer slump and then come back real strong in the playoffs. So, we'll see if that happens for him. Um I, I will say, and we said this earlier, Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin have been good all year long. And you got to wonder how long that momentum can go. Can it go for that full season? Uh, and it would not be the first time that somebody who has more wins uh, does not win the championship. So, again, they seem to be still competitive, Uh, but will they be able to carry that momentum all the way? I think they've got enough playoff points uh, that they're going to be able to do that uh, without much doubt. But I've got to wonder if they're going to be as strong as they have been throughout the next 10 races. Uh, Probably so, but the possibility exists that that could all go south. Um, But uh, I, I do think that there is a possibility we're going to see some other, some other cream that's going to rise to the top. And, uh, I I can't wait to see these playoffs over these next few races, because, uh, uh, as Andy said, that the schedule that they put together is a really good schedule. It, it features different types of tracks, which is what we want in a playoff, uh, thing and, uh, in a playoff, uh, contention. And, uh, Uh, again, we've got old guard drivers in there. When you think about drivers like Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch uh, and Brad Keselowski and Denny Hamlin along with Kevin Harvick, uh, that's five. Uh, Clint Boyer, throw him into that group. But there's a slew, Joey Logano, there's a slew of Martin Truex, there's a slew of new guys that are in that group too, which makes this kind of pretty exciting Uh, Because you've got the veterans competing against the the next generation of drivers in this sport. And I think that's going to make this playoff um, uh, a little more exciting uh, than what we've seen in a long, long time. And uh, these drivers, these young drivers that are in here are really good young drivers. And uh, uh, I I think it's going to be a fun playoff to watch. So, Jay, your final thoughts.
8: Interesting. Uh, you mentioned a couple there, I know, and, and we'll have to see if they hit that streak. But uh, you mentioned a couple that have that streak. Chase Elliott is one of them. And I've, I'm one that I've sp- said before, especially when it was uh, come down to Homestead, if he could get into the Final Four, really have a shot at it. He does good at all those tracks. I just, I'm not sure again what's missing. He always seemed to come up a little bit short. And then my other one that I looked at, Eric Almirola we mentioned the year he had, and I think it was four years ago, three or four years ago now. I mean, really, if he'd have been in that final four, had a shot at it, ended up fifth in the regular season points based on how he finished out those final 10 without being uh, one of the final four. So those are two that are really uh, going to be key factors. And I think right now, Chase Elliott, I know they said a couple weeks ago he was kind of in that slump, came back, got him a win, ran uh, second, ended up second this weekend. So, uh, it'd be really interesting to see. And Mike, I think, mentioned it. A couple of the teams that have maybe been preparing and setting cars up for the playoffs that we haven't seen their best stuff yet. You know, uh, we know that <laughs> happens. Uh, you know, not real publicly, but we know know that it is that that's where their focus is once they know they're locked in. So, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, uh, ones that maybe, uh all of a sudden we're going to see them with some super strong cars. That we haven't seen all year, so it's definitely going to be interesting.
0: Okay, let's move on to our next topic. And Mike, it's your turn.
6: Yeah, this was an interesting one. To uh, I think it came out started either this morning or yesterday. Uh, Jennifer Fryer and others reported that Greg Zipidelli was talking about the lineup for SHR in 2021, and he said he expects to see the same driver lineup in 2021, and also said that they're waiting to finalize one deal. Uh, kind of implying that three out of the four are already signed and and locked in for the 2021 season. Um, We've already kind of penciled in Clint Boyer into the Fox Sports booth and put names like Kyle Larson or Chase Briscoe in that 14 car. But according to Zippy,
8: maybe not so soon. Okay, Jay? Yeah, that that was definitely one I had written down because that kind of goes contrary to what what we've been talking about all year. I wouldn't have expected to see all four come back as they are right now. Uh, I really didn't, uh, whether it be Clint Boyer. And I don't, I wasn't necessarily penciling him into the Fox booth. Cause I know he said he still wants to race, but I did kind of get the feeling maybe he was of, on his way out there at Stuart Haas racing. So, uh, but I also really felt like Brad Keselowski was on his way out at Penske and he at least signed a one year deal. So uh Silly season here in the playoffs on top of the playoffs. Another very interesting thing to see. I got one more hot topic that'll pertain to that a little bit later, but it, that was a shock to me. Cause yeah, I, I really did expect at least one of them maybe to be moving on and having one new name come in there, uh, whether it be from the Xfinity series or a returning driver, Um uh, so we'll have to wait and see what gets finalized with that. Cause that, like I said, that was kind of a shock to me that they said I, he expected it to fully be the same.
0: Okay. Andy, your thoughts.
8: Yeah, I would have to agree with Jay. Um, it was a little surprising
7: to me as well. I think that um, my own thoughts were that, you know, Clint was probably going to retire and, and do some TV work and, I think everyone, every race fan that watches NASCAR pretty much expected the 14 to be vacant for next year. And I know there's a lot of people, you know, wishful thinking wanted Larson in that car and and we could see that happen someday, but um, you know, there's a lot of people that have to sign off on that, you know, whether it be manufacturer and sponsors and it may not be as simple to get him back in the car as we think it is. Um, But that brings, you know, the next order of business, which we saw happen last year, where Daniel Soares got forced out of the 41 car in favor of Cole Custer to come up, you know, based on Custer's success. And I know, you know, last year he proved himself worthy of a cup ride. Well, Chase Briscoe is, is doing the same thing this year. In fact, you know, he's on track to have even a better year than Custer did last year. So you can only hold them down so long, but at the same time, you know, you, you don't necessarily want to see the up and coming drivers get into stuff that's not competitive. So, you know, if he has to wait an extra year and run another year in Xfinity, which is really what Zippy alluded to, um, you know, without really coming right, coming right out and saying it, um, he pretty much said that he expected chase to be back in that Xfinity car for them next year. I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, even if he goes out and wins 10 races, in the championship this year, which, you know, may or may not happen, but even if he goes out and does that, you know, another year in the Xfinity series only makes him better. And, you know, Mike, I know has mentioned this multiple times that we've seen drivers moved up too quickly that we think are going to do really well and they don't. So, you know, maybe this is a good thing for Chase if he does run another year in the Xfinity series, but I will admit that it was a bit surprising to me, but, at the same time, you know, until these deals are officially announced, you just never quite know because, you know, at the same time that Greg said he expected the driver lineup to remain the same, he also hinted at the fact that, you know, that team as well as probably any team in the garage would possibly bend over backwards to try to get Larson in the car. So um, it, it seems kind of definitive. You know, but at the same time, there were some open-ended responses that make me think that until the deals are actually announced, it's really hard to say for sure what's going to happen. But nonetheless, um, you know, if um, if things remain the same, then, uh, you know, that, that's a good thing for all those drivers.
0: Yes, it is. There's a couple of things that I think are going to play into this, uh, and uh, I, I – Heard those comments. In fact, it was part of a teleconference that took place in which he made those comments. And um, a couple of things happened uh, along with that. Stuart Haas Racing also announced today that they're doubling down on their sales efforts by uh, hiring. Uh, two key people uh, into their championship-winning team, Uh, and those people are people who are responsible for sales and marketing. Uh, One is a marketing executive from Feld Entertainment, uh, and uh, the other is a recent Clemson University graduate who interned for Stuart Horse Racing just last year. Uh Brian McKinley is the guy from Feld Entertainment. Uh and he's gonna become the vice president of sales and he comes from Feld Entertainment, managing more than forty million dollars worth of activation across seven live touring series properties, including the Monster Energy MA Supercross, Monster Jam, Disney on Ice, uh and 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 those properties. Uh, mckinley is a sales analyst uh, and mitch steiner who graduated in may uh, is the other guy he comes from clemson where he participated in singapore management university global summer program in July 18 before interning last year for Stuart Haas Racing. I think that plays into all of this because what those guys do is they're the ones that are looking for the sponsorship uh, within that organization. The other thing, and I think uh, it was alluded to in a roundabout way at Daytona this weekend when they talked about uh, uh, Chase Briscoe and uh, Austin Sindrick not really having a lot of teammates to work with at Daytona. They're the only two Fords in that Xfinity Series. So I think that there's a lot going on there as well, in working with Ford in trying to get uh, more teams into the Xfinity Series. And that's what I think is going to end up happening, especially if they keep the lineup that they have now. They may bring – Kyle Larson into the fold But he may start in the Xfinity Series or he may start In the um, uh, Truck Series uh, But under the Ford banner They need him in the Xfinity Series To be honest with you um, And so I see That there's going to be some I, I think there's going to be some real creative things That are going to be taking place there And uh, I think that these key hires Are all a big part of uh, the whole Kyle Larson storyline, the whole Chase Briscoe, uh, and somewhere down the road, uh, maybe to a – well, definitely to a lesser degree, uh, Austin Sindrick because he's part of that Team Penske group. Uh, But I look for Team Penske, and I look for Ford to have a bigger presence in the Xfinity series for next season, and uh, I think this is all part of that. So just some other perspective there to kind of bring into the storyline here. So, um, Mike, we'll go back to you.
6: Well, the one thing that really hasn't been touched on too much is the 32 team and their future. Um, it's been very quiet out of that team ever since it was announced that Corey LeJoy wasn't coming back. They are an SHR mm-hmm. affiliate, which gives an open seat in the Cup Series for Stuart Haas. Um, You bring up a really good point about Larson or the Xfinity Series needing a name like Kyle Larson and a talent like Kyle Larson, but at the same time, that may be Tony Stewart's ace in the hole there as far as bringing Kyle Larson in and maybe avoiding a little bit of the PR issue of, hey, this guy was out for a year because of what happened, and now he goes right back into a championship-level ride. Well, maybe the 32 team is a better fit to plug Larson back in and work his way and earn his way back into the Cup Series. And if he performs well on the 32 team, maybe Clint Boyer retires at the end of the 2021 season and Kyle Larson comes into the Stuart Haas Racing proper
8: camp.
0: Okay, interesting point, Jay.
8: Uh, Two very interesting thoughts to cover there. Larson going to the Xfinity series, which would obviously be great for them. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Again, I know he he did reapply for his uh, NASCAR approval for for, uh, reinstatement. Um, Certainly a possibility. I don't know that I see that one as much. But I do believe what what Mike's alluding to, I think that 32 and maybe another team are going to come into play as as a Stuart Haas affiliate. Uh, whether it be, and, and you can't really necessarily read into that as far as uh, Greg Zipidelli's comments, though, of the four drivers, because he may, maintained it was four in, in the same lineup. Um, but I still see that as a possibility. And, again, I don't know where they said that there's still one that's kind of maybe open. Uh, that crossed my mind of they're saying telling Clint Boyer will keep you, but it's going to be in this ride. And I know he's gone through that before the year – Prior to coming to Stuart Haas Racing And he wasn't real happy with that I know Go Fast Racing I think is a little Bit different level than what uh, H. Scott Motorsports was But I think that might The 32 I think is a big key Factor there with Stuart Haas Racing uh, Whoever it be
0: Okay Andy your thoughts
7: Yeah you know I I was actually under the impression That, that Go Fast had You know more of more of a technical alliance than they do um reading greg's comments today they pretty much said that they give them a little bit of support and they bought some cars from shr but they don't have anywhere near the type of technical alliance that we've seen with like the toyota camp in the past so even though there is a connection there it's not as great as as one might think um that car is a big question mark though and i do think that you could see increased support from SHR and Ford and, you know, which which could really elevate that performance of that car next year if they choose to bring in somebody, you know, whether it be Larson or somebody else, you know, to, to, to get into the Cup Series, you know, just for the sake of creating a seat for somebody. So um, definitely a big question mark. I, I had seen some comments though where they were looking to bring somebody in that brought sponsorship money in as far as the driver Mm -hmm. is concerned, and that almost leads me to believe that they're going to kind of do things on their own. So who knows? Um, But I'm sure there's a lot of conversations behind the scenes about what's going to happen there. I know from some of the comments today, when, when they asked specifically about whether Briscoe would be in that car next year, which has been widely speculated, Greg seemed to say that they hadn't really talked about that. So, um I think I think personally, just coming from my perspective, it it'd be better for him to run in a championship level Xfinity car for another year than get in get in that car in the Cup series. But you never know. I mean, support can increase, things can change and um, you just you just never really know. But I do think that um I think Larson would almost be a really good fit for that car. If Stuart Haas does decide their four teams unchanged, um, you know, it, Larson would really do wonders for a team like that. It go fast and elevate their performance. And, you know, maybe he goes there for a year or two and then moves over to, you know, Stuart Haas, you know, the Stuart Haas operation in, in a couple of years down the road. You just, you just never know. So um, definitely, definitely a question mark though, as far as the 32 car in terms of what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, it is a uh, big question mark, and uh, uh, it will be interesting to see what does transpire um, uh, over this next year. I know uh, it, it, it's kind of hard to tell at this point because, like you say, he give, he's given us hints in that interview today uh, with what he said about Chase Briscoe, with what he said about the four teams that they're putting together for next year. Um, uh, you guys bring up a good point that a lot has not been said about the go fast racing team. Uh, but I still think that there's some possibility to expand the Ford brand. Uh, and there's a huge need to expand the Ford brand in the Xfinity series. So I think that there's going to be some opportunity there uh, for, to, to make that happen and uh, that's what I'm kind of anxious to see uh, what unfolds next year in the Xfinity Series with regard to Ford and Stuart Haas Racing because I think Stuart Haas Racing is going to be a big part of expanding Ford into uh, that series next year. So uh, that's just my final thoughts on it. So, uh, Mike, any final thoughts on your end?
6: Yeah, talking about expanding Ford – we've got to look further than the 2021 season as well with the Gen 7 car and we keep talking about new manufacturers coming in it okay. almost sounds like and we might be talking ourselves into this too but it almost sounds like Stewart-Haas Racing is positioning themselves to be the banner carrier for the Ford brand not just in the Cup Series but also in the Affinity Series and Team Penske which is then I wouldn't say the dominant Ford team but one of the two dominant Ford teams that we've seen That kind of leads itself into, well, maybe Team Penske will be going with a new manufacturer for the 2022 season with the Gen 7 car.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Certainly a possibility. Uh, And I know we've talked about that. Okay, Andy, we're back to you for the next topic. Your thoughts?
7: Yeah, so uh, the Truck Series race this weekend at
0: Darlington, um,
7: Greg Biffle and Trevor Bain make their return uh, to driving this weekend.
0: Okay, Mike.
6: Yeah, I saw that Trevor Bain's going to be coming back. It's it's good to see him get another opportunity. Uh, obviously, he got the Daytona 500 win, but his high water mark in the in the entirety of the Cup Series was his first race there, winning the Daytona 500. Uh, I don't. I, we'll see how he does in the Truck Series. It's always good to see somebody get the opportunity, especially a a second chance, if you will. Um, so if he does really well, great. Hopefully, it leads to further opportunities. I don't think he's in the position that Greg Biffle was in where he could just retire. He probably still needs to work in some capacity to, to keep the lights on at the house. So hopefully he can work his way into uh, into racing for a more long-term ride instead of what sounds like just a one-off deal for the Darlington racing, the truck series.
0: Okay. Jay.
8: Well, and, and that's one, uh, again, I'd love to, love to see that name back. Uh, Biffle obviously we know is doing spot racing uh, when he can here and there. But Trevor Bain, again, ended up being out of a cup ride, uh, had some success, but not great success, and and they went in a different direction. So to see him come into the truck series, get these couple of races if he can or even one, and and how he does of maybe seeing him get a full-time ride and being a good fit in the truck series, whether or not he makes it a full return to the cup level, don't know. But I think it would be great to have him full-time in the truck series if it were to lead to that which would be my hope because, again, he was a driver i like to see. Uh, I think he had some talent. It just didn't work out in the cup spot where he was uh, with minus the the one victory. Um, and, yeah, I kind of felt like his career got cut a little short, maybe not only by his own doing. Uh, lack of performance, uh, no doubt, but is it as much the driver as what the team was. So uh, good to see him get that opportunity, and I hopefully it does develop into something bigger and better for him.
0: And let's not forget that Trevor Bain, part of the reason Trevor Bain left uh, was because part of the reason he had lack of performance was because he had a medical condition that he was dealing with as well. So uh, if he comes back, I hope he doesn't come back to the cup series, to be quite honest. I hope he comes back uh, uh, to a series like the truck series where there's some time in between the races and, uh, It might be more suitable to whatever His medical condition was uh, For him to be able to Come back into racing I think the truck Series would be a great fit for Trevor Bain and we need more veterans In that series uh, And I think that would be a good fit for him Uh, It's good to see Biffle come back For the one-offs I don't see him coming back Full-time necessarily uh, Like you guys But uh, I would like to see Trevor Bain come back I, I just think Uh, If he comes back, it's going to be more likely to be something like the truck series or perhaps the Xfinity series um, where the schedule is not quite so uh, stringent as it is in the cup series, and it might be more suitable for his medical situation. So, Andy, what are your thoughts?
7: Well, it's always cool to see Biffle come back. Obviously, last year he he jumped in a truck and went out there and won, and I think – his experience and his success at uh, at Darlington make him have to make him a favorite this weekend too. He's going to be in a GMS truck which we know will be fast. So, I'm um, really excited to see him back and then, you know, but pleasantly surprised to see that Trevor Bain is getting an opportunity, not someone that I expected to see race again, um just cuz he, you know, lost his ride after uh, 2018, I believe it was and that was the last we heard from him. So this is, it's cool to see him come back and, you know, I hope he does well. I hope he has a good run on Sunday and hopefully, you know, to your point, maybe he can find a home with the truck series. We've seen plenty of veterans in the past that, um, you know, were once cup series racers that maybe didn't quite have the career they'd hoped for and find a nice home in the truck series where they win and, and are weekly contenders. And maybe, maybe we'll see some of that out of Trevor. So, Certainly, you know, like I said, pleasantly surprised to see him coming back this week, and, and hopefully uh, things go well for him on Sunday.
0: Okay, Mike?
6: Yeah, Andy kind of stole my point on this one. Um, we've seen drivers like Matt Crafton and Johnny Sauter in the truck series or Elliot Sadler, Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity series trying of find their own niche and really be competitive and, and have a really good home in those series with really no aspiration to return to the cup level and I can see that working out well for Trevor Bain, both from a, a professional career standpoint, like Sharon brought up with a health standpoint as well. Um, so I, I do wish the very best for Trevor Bain. I hope he's successful. If he doesn't end up with a full-time ride for the rest of this year, hopefully he can open some eyes and maybe land some opportunities for next season.
0: Jay? Well,
8: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little more positive than that. Again, you know, maybe you're right that he, he doesn't necessarily need to be or want to be full-time on the Cup Series, but I do think that in the event that it it could go that direction of Spire Motorsports, if not one of the drivers they're looking for full-time, one like that, Trevor Bain, who has some very solid cup experience and could give that team a little bit of a building block, if you will, Um, at least in the short term, as we said, they got to grow their program. And I think he would be a great driver to start them in a good direction. Again, don't know if he has any aspirations to coming to Cup, but I think that is a team that would be a good fit for him at the Cup level, if he stays in the Xfinity or trucks, like you guys mentioned, some drivers that, that are very good where they're at and bring that name to the sports or to the series, such as Crafton or Soder in the trucks, and he mentioned Allgaier. Uh Regan Smith is another one that that went to back to the Xfinity series, um, certainly would be a good fit for him as well with, like you said, maybe a little bit lighter schedule, if that's what he requires.
0: Okay. Andy, your final thoughts?
8: Uh, I think I'm good on this one.
0: Okay. Uh, Jay?
8: Well, this one's going to be and I got nothing against a particular driver, but uh, I've seen it in the past, and I didn't like it when it went against another driver, so I get frustrated when it's a fan-favorite driver, but Is Tyler Reddick the worst (laughs) driver on super speedways? Where's the cry (laughs) for that?
0: Okay. I I had a feeling you were going to bring that up. Okay. Andy, your thoughts about Tyler Reddick?
7: No, he's not the worst driver on super speedways, and I believe it was Chase Elliott that brought up a really good point about it, that, um, you know, it's always easy for other drivers to point the finger and the blame at someone when a wreck happens like that um but every driver in the field has caused a wreck at some point you know especially it's just it's just it's just super speedway racing that's just the way it goes the big wrecks the multi-car wrecks they just happen um i i know sharon and i watched you know we were chatting the entire race and i think sharon the whole time we were pretty much saying like we know the wrecks are coming and you know
2: even before the green
7: flag flies you know that they're coming and you and it always is because of a mistake on, on a particular driver's part. Um, but, no, I don't think Tyler, you know, did anything malicious or made a, 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 you know, a really, really stupid move. He just thought he was clear, and he wasn't clear. That's, you know, something that we've seen plenty of other drivers make that same mistake over the years, too. So, um And he owned up to it. He admitted his mistake, and, you know, other mistakes were made by other drivers even after that Saturday night. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
7: um, no, I I don't think Tyler did anything crazy wrong there. It was a mistake, and he'll learn from it. He'll move on from it. and, And like I said, you know, other drivers make the same mistakes they do. It's a product of that type of racing. It won't be the first, and it
6: certainly won't be the last time we see that.
0: Okay, Mike.
6: Well, of course he's not the worst driver at plate racing. Ricky Stenhouse is still in the series. Um, (laughs) In all seriousness, really, if I wanted to point a finger at anything, I would say this is just old Tyler Reddick kind of showing up again. We've seen for the majority of this year and last year in the Xfinity series a much more Uh, mature, disciplined Tyler Reddick. But in this case, I think the desperation of knowing he had to win the race to get into the playoffs led him to do something that even he probably knew wasn't a smart idea, namely trying to do a slide job at Daytona. Probably not the smartest move and unfortunately caused a giant wreck. Um... I don't think he caused a wreck at Talladega. I don't think he caused a wreck earlier in the season at Daytona. Um, So, no, I wouldn't say that this is any kind of a trend with Tyler Reddick or anything like that. I think it's, it's equal parts of the pressure of being the, the cutoff race of the playoffs, the pressure of trying to get his first win and just the excitement of the moment of, Hey, I'm trying to take the lead in front of Kyle Bush at Daytona and, things kind of got away from him. He exceeded his, I don't know if I want to use Newman's word of running out of talent, but he exceeded the threshold where the car could perform. And a lot of drivers, unfortunately paid the price for that.
0: Well, i tell you what, I remember a driver by the name of Tony Stewart, who pulled the same kind of move, uh, and wrecked half the field. So even a veteran driver, a three time champion can make that kind of a mistake. um, And uh, he didn't like it when it was done to him. He complained about it. But he's been known to do the exact same thing. Uh, Tyler Reddick is a rookie, and he made a rookie mistake. And uh, somebody said it earlier. uh, Hopefully he's going to learn from it. I think it was you, Mike. He'll learn from it, and he'll move on, and hopefully he won't make that same kind of mistake again. But can you imagine – for just a moment, how excited a, dry, a rookie would be to be in the lead in the closing laps at Daytona, and and being in front of Kyle Busch, beating Kyle Busch to the line, uh, and and how your nerves are a bundle of nerves anyway all through the race. Andy and I were like on the edge of our seat throughout the race. I can only imagine what it's like for some of these drivers. Uh, Sitting behind the wheel And how on edge they are Going at the end of this race A win would have been huge For Tyler Ruddick So I've never seen anybody more Dejected or disappointed Than Tyler Ruddick was He knew it was a bad move He knew it was a mistake He owned up to it And I give him a lot of credit And and it takes a mature person To be able to do that uh, To stand up there and do that And even Kyle Busch Uh, Who could have been very critical of him uh, Handled it I thought Really really well uh, uh, And probably Just kind of put it up To it's 2020 It's just been that kind of a year But um, uh, I don't think that it's a reflection on him As a race car driver On super speedways uh, In any way shape or form Uh, I I give him a lot of credit Uh, I don't think he's going to Make him move again, uh, not intentionally, anyway. And I don't think he did this intentionally either. He said he thought he was clearer more clear than what he was, uh, and he was really sad that it happened. So that's just my two cents, Jay. What are your thoughts?
8: And and I certainly don't think so either. It was a mistake, and that, you know, no matter how it happened, whether it was spotter or his own judgment, whatever made Mm -hmm. a mistake. And and that's my point of, and especially when it comes to the, the super speedway racing and Andy referenced it, it was Chase Elliott that said it, these guys that are complaining saying, well, that was too aggressive of a move and you know, whatever they're going to be the ones that are going to do it to you next week. And you mentioned Tony Stewart, Brad Koleslowski is another one. (laughs) He's commented on people blocking and whatnot. And I'm like, Brad, I've seen you block a hundred times in one lap, you know, (laughs) did you get away with it? Yes okay you know if you didn't is it on you then or is it just super speedway racing and and that's my point of yeah you want to see him not make again that appeared to be a rather bold move and didn't look like it had a shot of working uh when we when you saw him go up the track like you know Kyle was already to his outside had the run so
2: Mm
8: -hmm. I know Kyle was frustrated you could tell he was biting his tongue his cheek whatever else uh, in his mouth (laughs) but part of that like you said was he's just putting it to 2020 uh him and Johnny Sauter need to get together. They're having a having a rough yeah, year. Yeah, no kidding. But um, I just I don't understand. Ross Chastain is another one. I know it was a few weeks ago, and I and I specifically asked Andy. I'm like, how come how come Ross Chastain doesn't get that kind of lashback that Ricky Stenhouse does? And they're like, well, we like him as a driver. He's a popular driver. I'm like, okay, but that's <laughs> not the point. It's a mistake is made. You know, and in my opinion, Ross Jastain is probably one that has caused more wrecks on super speedways than anybody else. But
5: his is while he was
8: going for the win. Yeah, maybe. It might have been a little. And, you know, I know you guys were talking about that. That may have some impact on his his future with some of the comments that came out afterwards, Um, you know, especially being that it was teammates. But he's always been that way, and he seems to get more popular because of it whereas some drivers get tagged as the worst driver, and, and I just don't like that, you know. And I'll use, in this case, Stenhouse. Mike mentioned him, and I don't know if, you know, he's from Olive Branch, Mississippi, around where I'm at now, but it just, <laughs> I don't like to see a driver get that when I don't really think it is. There are so many drivers that cause wrecks. Same with Noah Gregson. You know, yes, they're aggressive, okay, and they need to learn to calm you down. Today. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to interrupt
0: Real quick, I'm down to 90 seconds here Uh, I do want to do a real quick spiel here About uh, we're coming up to the 10.30 mark Uh, We will uh, go off the air exactly at 10.30 But we will continue recording the rest of the conversation So you may hear us go off the air uh, speaking midstream So if that happens Just know that the recording is going to continue to happen It will be part of our podcast And I will go out on uh, Twitter to let you know that the podcast is available. If you've listened up to this point, all you have to do is fast forward to the two-hour mark on our player. At com, And you can hear the rest of that conversation uh, And we like to just let people know In case you're first time listeners uh, the, the regulars are going to know That this happens And they hear this every single week But there's always a chance That there's somebody new listening in And we don't like to make sure That they're aware of what's going on as well So with that uh, We'll go ahead and uh, continue on With your comments, Jay I'm sorry I had to interrupt you
8: no, I, I just know as you were starting to say that, I understood. I saw what time it was. Um, I just like I said, it, it's one of those of. I don't think we see it out of these drivers each and every week. It was a mistake. He is a rookie. I don't know that that was necessarily a rookie mistake. It was just an aggressive. Again, like Sharon mentioned, that excitement, possibility of winning, getting him into the playoffs. Yeah, he took the shot and it didn't work. Uh, and I don't think he should get tagged as such as a bad driver. But I don't think any other driver should either. Then.
0: Well, okay, it's not my turn yet, so I'll wait. Okay, Andy, you're up now, Yeah,
7: I just just to kind of follow up on Ross there, and obviously, you know, a lot of us like him, and you know, have been excited to see him get in a good car, but. Uh, I, I had a hard time defending the move that he made Saturday for sure, Jay. So, I mean, there are times when no matter how much you like a driver, um, you know, there is a point of being too aggressive, and we certainly saw that on uh, Friday night. I know Mike and I were talking about it as it happened, and it was, um, it was quite the move that he made, and who knows what that's going to mean for him moving forward. But, you know, um, yeah, I know that, there are times when we're harder on certain drivers more than others. And, you know, I think the reason for that is, you know, we like some drivers, we don't like some drivers, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's unfair to treat others differently than others. But I mean, a lot of it also goes into the kind of person they are, not just on the racetrack, but off the racetrack too. But that's the beauty of this sport, right? You're going to like some drivers and you're not going to like some drivers. And that's just the way it goes. Um, but there is a point in time where no matter how much you like someone, you know, when they cross the line, you know, you can't defend it and that certainly was the case with with Ross on on Friday. I I don't think anyone could really defend that move he made. So um but yeah, it's when when these drivers make these over aggressive moves over and over and over again, you know, you have to wonder um
6: you know, what that means for some of these guys moving forward.
0: Okay, Mike.
6: Yeah, I'm I'm going to kind of steal Sharon's line on this one. Um, Really, Tyler Reddick made one dumb move and caused one big wreck. I wouldn't say that's a pattern. Sharon likes to say, you know, once is a mistake. I would say this is a mistake. Guys like Ricky Stenhouse, and we're seeing a growing trend now with Ross Chastain, where it's not just one mistake. It's not just two. It's a pattern of whether it's you want to use the word behavior or decision-making or however you want to attribute it. When you have that pattern where they're put in a similar situation over and over again, and they make a similar dumb move with a similar result, well, now that starts you know, identifying a pattern versus Tyler Reddick, who made one heat-of-the-moment mistake, and I'm willing to leave it at that with Tyler Reddick. Ross Chastain? we've talked about Noah Gregson a lot this year, but Ross Chastain has not had the level of performance this year in terms of, of race outcomes. And a lot of that I think can be attributed to his overly aggressive driving style. He took what could have been a colleague racing one, two, maybe one, two, three finish and turned it into two out of three colleague cars destroyed because of some over aggressive driving. And that was far from the first time we've seen Ross Chastain make moves like that. So I'm much more inclined to point a finger at Ross Chastain Uh, than I am at Tyler Reddick, given a a similar situation like that.
0: Okay, yeah. What I usually say, Mike, is first time's a mistake. Uh, First time's an accident. Second time's coincidence. By the third time, you've developed a habit. So, yeah, it's the same concept there. But, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing with Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. is not a rookie anymore. Uh, He's had enough experience to know. And so has Ross Chastain, by the way, that you don't go for the left rear quarter panel in a corner like that because it's going to end up being a a wreck every time. And I've said that. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Well, you guys probably know that I've said it over and over again. The left rear corner panel in a corner like that is going to be a wreck every single time. Ross Chastain knows better than that, um, and and he knows he shouldn't have done that. Uh, I think what happened uh, with Ross Chastain is that he doesn't have a win yet. Even though he's third in the points, he's clearly going to be in the playoffs. Um, for some reason, I think he's got it in his head he wants to get in the playoffs on a win. He doesn't have that win yet and he thought maybe this was one of his better chances to go after that victory. He was way over aggressive on that move. And like Andy said, you just can't justify it no matter how you look at it. Uh, and I like Ross Chastain. He's been a guest on our show several times, and we enjoy having him back and talking about watermelons. So um, I still like Ross Chastain. I still like Noah Gregson. Uh, but I have to equate some of his comments maybe to uh, a little bit of um, Noah Gregson, too, of um, being insensitive (laughs) with some of his comments that he made as far as teamwork. And I've got a feeling that just like uh, Noah Gregson, he may have a little conversation uh, going on uh, at some point this week uh, about the cost of losing race cars for making a stupid move like that. Uh, And let's not make any mistake. That was a stupid move, uh, hitting the left corner panel in the corner like that. Uh, It happens every single time. And if any drivers are listening, they need to to pay attention to that. You can't make that move in a corner and think that it's going to work because it doesn't. I know that, and I'm not even a driver. So I, I I just don't get it when drivers do that, even the drivers that I like. So um, let's go on to Jay's final comments.
8: Well, and I, I watched it on, on replay. Uh, I can't say I studied it real closely, but the two replays that they showed while, while I was watching it off the DVR, I don't know if I'm as harsh as you guys are, It looked like he had a good run and there might have been a little bit of a block, Uh, you know, whether or not he should have checked up and and let it go. Uh, You know, that's always the question. You're not the one in the car. Um, Obviously it appeared to be a bad decision. Um, But like I said, just with the two times, I think they showed two replays. I was like, he looked like he did have a really good run. And then there was a little Mm -hmm. bit of a block. So, I would chalk it up to to the racing incident. You know, I had a good run, you come down, I came up, whatever. But you're right, that week in and week out, if you're saying that every week because you've been involved in an incident, gets to be like, okay, uh, you know, there's or 38 other drivers out there that raced without having the racing incident. So, yeah, that that does become, like, like Sharon said, a, you know, it's a habit and a style um, that you don't want to see develop. And and I don't see that, going back to Tyler Reddick, I don't see that happening with him. Uh, that was my whole point. It was a mistake, whether it be a bad one or whatever. It was a mistake, and I don't think we'll see that as far as a habit from him. Uh, I know he has gone through that stage, uh, like uh, Mike mentioned. It might have cost him his ride at Junior Motorsports, moved over to Childress, kind of developed that, got to move up to the Cup Series and battling as a rookie, a little bit zealous as a rookie, going for that win, going for the playoffs, whatever it may be. Uh, hopefully it, we don't see it as a week-in and week-out thing. And, and the 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 difference answer of, yeah, he's like, I made a mistake. He didn't say it was a racing deal or I was going for the win. He said, yeah, I made a mistake in going for exactly. the win. But not that it was just a racing thing and everybody ought to have accepted, especially if it's a
0: week-to-week thing. Which is what Ross Chastain was saying. <laughs> um, yeah. And he he wasn't going to accept second. Okay, Mike, that brings us to you for the next topic.
6: Um, I'm really debating whether I want to bring this one up or not. Well, let's go with it. There's rumor, uh, breaking news, that Jermaine Racing, sounds like they have informed their uh, their team that they're shutting down at the end of the season. Um, This is unsubstantiated. It's coming from uh, NASCAR Reddit. Um, so I wouldn't say it's officially reported yet, but it's, it's interesting to see that the, another team fairly, not, not necessarily a front-running team, but a fairly prominent team uh, may be ceasing operations again at the end of this season. It's kind of concerning to see.
0: Okay, Jay?
8: I had not seen anything on that. Um, it is one that now with the sponsor they have in Geico, Geico has been a pretty solid sponsor behind that team if not carrying it, I would really hate. That's another one that has been there long-term. If it comes to that, that unfortunately might have to go away. We'll have to wait and see. Again, that might be one where uh, I know they're they're an affiliate, again, with the Technical Alliance affiliate of Richard Childress racing, so we'll have to see. I know that there there was some debate about that when Tyler Reddick came up and Daniel Hemrick went away, whether or not they could do a third team and now with the, the way they've been running better and, and whatnot over the past a year, whether or not they can do something to help with that team or somebody else comes in to pick up that team. Because uh, I do hate to see a team go away. And I know, that, like Mike said, they're not a top contending team. But they have been a solid team and certainly shown flashes of the capability to develop into such. Again, maybe with a little bit better resources. I know that they always say the two-car team helps, and leaning on Richard Childress Racing. So, um, and I, and I'd have to agree with what Mike said. I, I do follow the Reddit. Uh, they, there's credible uh, information, but you can't guarantee it as a hundred percent report, such as I would from some of the insiders, such as Bob Pocaris.
0: Yeah, um, let's see.
2: Jade, uh, it's
7: Andy's turn. Yeah, I I uh, I'm a little hesitant to comment on this just because it I haven't seen anything substantiated on it. But um, all I can really say about it is you'd hate to see the team close. Hopefully, it's not true. Hopefully, they remain in the sport. Anytime we lose teams, uh, it's never a good thing. So just have to hope that. This is some kind of a rumor that doesn't come to fruition.
0: Yeah, I just went to my email to see if I had anything from um Germaine Racing. I do have something from Jermaine Racing, but nothing nothing to to that topic. Uh it's just the post-race recap. Um but yeah, I I too am a little bit hesitant to uh speak too much on it because we don't have any Confirmed sources, and even the source that we have here, uh, is saying that it's, it's speculation, uh, and it's clearly marked as speculation and under the rumor category. So we'll have to wait and see if this plays out. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's kind of interesting uh, that somebody is putting it out there uh, under their banner uh again it's not it's not a bob Pockers banner. It's not one of the banners uh that we find to be uh, reliable, like an Adam Stern or a bob Pockers uh so I would take this with just a grain of salt at this particular point in time. I might get a an email here in a few minutes, but uh so far, I'd have to say this uh, definitely falls in the rumor category so mike your your thoughts.
6: Yeah, with the sponsorship thing, um, obviously, Geico has been a really solid partner with Germain Racing for several years now. In fact, they're one of the few um, almost completely full-season sponsors that we have left in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have also transitioned into being one of the premier partners for NASCAR, not quite the full entitlement sponsor like we saw with Winston or Monster Energy, but they're kind of in that same, you know, premier, not premier, I forget what, their, uh, what the actual name of it is. Either way, they're one of the Your main sponsors partner. of NASCAR. Premier Partner. Okay. Um, so it may be that they're wanting to transition their advertising money into the broader NASCAR sponsorship. One thing that does strike me is Geico has been running a commercial for the majority of the season this year. And it's the, you know, the wedding commercial where they're, you know, they're pulling up to, to drive away to the honeymoon in a race car. And a lot of people have commented about how it's just a generic looking race car. Why not use the Geico car? Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but maybe that's another indication that uh, Geico is looking to pull away from the individual car sponsorship.
0: Okay, Jay.
8: Well, I can't say that I had seen that commercial as far as uh, far as that, but uh, that's one of those. There might be something to it. Uh might be totally off the wall as well um, from that perspective. But uh, it does add some interesting thoughts to it as far as that. We'll have to wait and see if it develops into anything more uh, or what else comes with it as, as that develops. Um, like I said, hopefully, though, that that team somehow does manage to survive, whether it's under the Germain Racing, Childress Racing, or again, an outside one, as uh, any, on, anything on that does develop.
0: Okay, Andy. Uh, I
7: don't have any follow-up to this one.
0: Yeah, the only thing I'll add to it is that the driver of that car is Ty Dillon, uh, and, of course, he's part of the Dillon-Childress uh, family, and so it'll be interesting to see if they expand that uh, uh, RCR in order to accommodate that or if he'll go to another Chevrolet team. Uh, maybe he's the next driver of the number 48. <laughs> I don't know. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Um but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to Ty Gill, and if this proves out uh, to be, indeed be fact. Right now it is speculation, but uh, just another consideration as part of the storyline here. Mike, any final comments on that?
6: Yeah, um, I know I brought it up, but, yeah, you, you've said it before. I want to reemphasize this is not a confirmed thing. If anybody from Germain Racing is listening and, you know, they're, they're hearing it first from us, don't take it as gospel. Wait until any actual word comes out um, that this is what's going to happen. It may be completely nothing, unsubstantiated rumor that turns out to be bogus. Hopefully that's the case because, like everyone has said, you really hate to see a team of any caliber, but especially one that has a potential to be competitive, end up ceasing operations. So hopefully that's not what's
8: going to happen here.
0: Yes, indeed. We hope that's not the case. Um, But, you know, there could be a number of reasons. Uh, So we are coming up. uh, I guess we have time for one more topic, Uh, Andy. I think it brings us back to you. Do you have any other topics?
8: I don't. So if anyone else
7: uh, has anything, go for it.
8: Jay? Well, you know, I, got, I actually got two or three, but we'll go with one we okay. haven't talked a whole lot about that isn't going to bring about more questions. But when we look at the Truck Series, we've talked about the Cup Series, uh, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick being the top two. Truck Series has been a little bit different, but the two that have been hot as of recent, as we get closer to their playoffs, Sheldon Creed and Zane Smith. Uh, and building up the playoff points, which should carry them at least pretty solidly uh, as the top two, anyway, as I see it right now. I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were.
0: Okay, Andy.
8: Yeah, they certainly had some success.
7: Um, you know, Creed just won his third race of the year. And uh, Zane Smith has been really, really good the last few weeks. Um, won, I think, two of the last four races. GMS Racing in general has um, kind of gone out there and, and appears to be the team to beat this year. Um, they've been really, really good all year with all their trucks. Um, I kind of feel like there's a couple more names that, that you can't overlook, though, and that would be, uh, you know, Moffitt and Austin Hill. I know Moffitt hasn't won yet this year, Um But uh, he's been really good week in and week out, and you just get the feeling that he's on the verge of, of, you know, racking up some wins. Same can be said for Austin Hill. So even though, you know, Smith and Creed have had the most success lately, I think that,
6: you know, you can't really overlook those other guys either.
0: Okay, Mike?
6: Yeah, I think I've said it a few times when we're doing our picks for our fantasy group. This season, probably more than any I can remember, the truck series is, you know, throw darts at a board, see where it lands, because it's been really, really difficult to predict the truck series this year. Uh, we've seen some comers and goers, most recently uh, Zane Smith and uh, and Sheldon Creed, but you've also seen some other drivers, uh, Brett Moffitt and Austin Hill also, you know, uh, Andy mentioned, but we've seen um, guys like uh, – Grant Enfinger has been hot and cold. Uh, Tyler Ankrum is another one who's been kind of coming and going. But no one's really put together a consistent season-long performance to say that they're a championship favorite. Even the two guys, Zane Smith and Tyler Ankrum, or, or uh, I'm sorry, Sheldon Creed, who seem to be somewhat hot right now, it's tough to say whether they're kind of on a, on a hot flash or if this is developing into something that's going to turn into a strong championship run.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. You've got Sheldon Creed. He's got the three wins. That puts him at the top. Uh, He also has the most playoff points at 19. Zane Smith with two victories has 14 playoff points compared with Grant Infinger with two victories with 11 playoff points. Uh, Then you go to the drivers with one win. You've got Austin Hill. You've got uh, Matt Crafton. Uh, and that's about it <laughs> the Only two other drivers With one win So yeah this has been a tough season To kind of predict what's going to happen We've had a lot of drivers Todd Gilliland looks so strong uh, This weekend uh, I actually kind of felt sorry for him uh, With that incident With Sheldon Creed And I know Sheldon apologized And, and felt bad about it himself um, But uh, I, I do think that this is going to be interesting to see what happens in the Truck Series for this playoff. Right now, Sheldon and 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 uh, Zane are certainly the hot shoes. Uh, but I I know Grant Infinger is a competitor, and now that Sheldon has those three victories, <laughs> I think Grant infinger is going to go after another victory as well. Um, and and Zane Smith has just been so hot. Uh, he's won two races here in the, just this month in the month of August. He has two victories at Michigan and then again at Daytona so uh not Daytona but um was it Dover we were at before that? I can't remember now, but he he's won two really big races and uh, uh I just think that uh this is gonna be interesting again. you've got a mix of the veterans uh with the uh uh, newer guys that are in here and, and you almost got to call Brett Moffitt and Ben Rhodes And uh, Grant Infinger Almost veterans at this point uh, Because The other veteran Well Matt Crafton we know is a veteran But the other veteran Johnny Sauter uh, Just is it's not been his year So uh, I can't wait to see what happens with the, with the next two races And who ends up in and, and who ends up out But I think it's It's uh, Pretty clear now uh, I know Derek Krausen is uh, Right on the verge there of getting in uh, But he's he's got Some work to do uh, And he, who knows he might come up With a victory and put himself in which would Put Todd out but I think Todd's On the uh, verge of a victory too So those two are going to be Fun to watch in these next few races Without a doubt I don't know if I answered the point here or not But um We'll go ahead and move on. Jay, your thoughts?
8: Well, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, a couple that have had that one one win or are close to it. Again, when it comes to the playoffs, you're talking about being on top of your game at the top level because the next guy is right behind you. So, And right now, okay. again, leading into the playoffs, you know, early you talked about Grant Infinger and where he stands. We haven't heard his name a whole lot here as of, as of recent, at least as a top running, race winning, contending uh, team. So that's why I got a little bit of concern there. I know Matt Crafton, again, broke the streak, got the win, but has it been that way week in and week out? And, and right now, it just, again, those two seem to be separating themselves as the most consistent. Whether or not somebody else, Moffitt builds on that. Uh, again, Johnny Sauter happens to get a win here in the next two, what, two or three weeks. Uh, you can't count him out Kyle, Like Kyle Busch Having a little bit of an off year Some bad luck If they get that, shake that monkey off They're right back in this We saw it with Matt Crafton last year Win the championship without a win Based on just running consistently So um, that is the first time We have seen a series a uh, championship determined without a win, even in this play, win in the advanced playoff format and winning that final race, he didn't even win at all through the season. So uh, it can be done, but I think it's going to be tough. And right now, with those two picking up the victories back and forth here over the past couple weeks, uh, going to be the two to watch anyway. Kind of like we got Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. Not to say somebody else can't get in there, and there's certainly some talented drivers there that we know can. And are waiting for to see them explode and come out uh, guns ablazing. So, I think the truck series is one that I really interested in. Uh, with that, as far as those two again being the younger drivers, uh, to see what comes out of it.
0: Okay, Andy. Uh, I'm getting more follow up. Okay, Mike.
6: Really, the only prediction that I feel comfortable making with regard to the truck series is the truck series champion at the end of the year is probably going to be somebody we're not really talking about right now. It seems like that's been the theme of the truck series of whenever, whenever somebody gets hot and we start talking about them, they go cold.
2: And
6: somebody else who we haven't been talking about steps up and they end up being the hot name for the period of time. And I think just the way that cyclical swing has gone in the truck series this year, that's probably going to mean that look towards the back of the playoff grid potentially for your truck series champion for the year.
0: And, and I'm going to go the other direction there. I do agree with you, Mike, that this is probably the most volatile uh, series this year, uh in that you can't make a prediction uh in the truck series this year it's very very tough but there's two drivers that i think have been the most consistent all year long and that's brett moffett and ben rhodes uh they are the two highest ranked drivers with no wins yet this season so i think if there's a Two drivers that might surprise everybody as the playoffs go on here. Uh, I think those two drivers may be the two drivers that could make some interesting things happen in these playoffs. and uh, make this interesting But uh, you've also got Drivers like Stuart Friesen Who's had a couple of really good races here recently uh, That could end up with a win uh, Raphael Assard I've been really impressed with him And what he's been doing Derek Krauss, we talked about him He seems to be on the verge of making something happen um, I, I do think That there, there are some guys In the back that could really make some things happen and And really make this Interesting as well but I would not count out Brett Moffat and Ben Rhodes at this point. Uh even though they have no wins yet this season, they don't have a lot of, a lot of playoff points. Moffat um, Moffitt has four, Ben Rhodes has zero. Uh but I do think that those guys have been the most consistent as far as running up front weekend and week out and being there every week, uh, in that top five group. So uh and even though Ben Rhodes is up there every week in the top five. He just doesn't always finish in the top five. So if he can get that figured out, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, Brett Moffitt uh, can make it happen, and I think he will make it happen before it's all said and done. So those are my final comments. Jay, how about you?
8: Well, we're allowed to have fun here, so I'm just going to say, Sharon, if that were the case, you'd have more points in our fantasy picks there with picking <laughs> Ben <laughs> Rhodes. Or maybe that's where the issue comes in. No, I'm just playing. You're right. Uh, both, both of those um, are, like you mentioned, the top drivers that don't have that win. So, again, I believe Brett Moffitt finished second this past weekend. Um, certainly could if they start knocking down those wins or be like Matt Crafton and be the driver to get it based on strictly just the consistency. So you definitely have that range. And with the truck series being only 10, you got those couple that were waiting to have the breakout. You mentioned Todd Gillen, uh, Derek Krause, uh, Raphael Lassard. that certainly could all of a sudden become a player. As we saw Ancrum when he came into it and picked up his first couple victories, all of a sudden was a name, there it is once they got through that breakthrough of the victory. So uh, definitely going to be an interesting mix as we head into that Truck Series playoffs. And I say I think they got two races left, Darlington and Richmond, before their playoffs even start. So uh, something to keep an eye on there.
0: Yes, indeed. It's going to be interesting. Okay, uh, Mike, did you have another comment you wanted to make? Is that what that GIF was about?
6: Oh, no, that was just a uh... – you know, Jay kinda of coming off the top rope on you there about the the fantasy pick. I thought I had a good dig with the Stenhouse thing, but I think Jay wins the night on that one.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. I still think uh he's been running right up there and that's why he's where he's at, number four in the series point standings. Uh anyway, uh we are at the top of the hour and that means it's time for our round table. Uh so Mike, let's start with you on that.
6: Yeah, Mike Orzell on Facebook, Mike underscore Orzell on Twitter. I think I'm going to miss Thursday's show, but maybe I'll be able to call in for that. I'm going to try and be in the chat for at least some of the races this weekend, so look for me there. Uh,
8: and that's about all I got going on.
0: Okay, Jay.
8: Well, I'll start out with this, uh, Sharon, with our Truck Series picks. You picked first, having taken Johnny Sauter. But I will admit, <laughs> as I told you, I said I had series. seriously considered him. Based on his history there, <laughs> and I was like, I, I just couldn't do it. I was like, the season he's having. So I got, I came out pretty good this weekend. I will say that I was saved by somebody else because Sam took Noah Gregson, who got zero in the Xfinity, and that was my pick taken away from me. So. My points this weekend go to my fellow teammates here at fan for Racing, <laughs> picking before me because I would have picked some bad drivers this weekend.
0: Yeah, but, I think I uh, had the least number of points on the weekend. <laughs>
8: uh, you did. I won't even. I won't even go into that Thursday. We'll just talk about the total <laughs> points in our picks. Uh, I won't mention who had what points for the week because it, it was not good for for you. You are right.
0: Well, that um, just means that I get first pick for this this go around.
8: Is an early picker, yes. Uh, this week, uh, you can follow me on Michael Hoosman on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On or Mopar MJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. See a couple unique things. I'm going to be traveling up to Tennessee and working the county fair for some go kart racing, weather permitting. Uh, I know they got some weather going on up there, but uh, the jump and run. I know I talked about that last year, a unique event I got to go to, and they brought me back. So I'll be doing the county fair circuit, and then Saturday be back down into Mississippi in the Jackson Motor Speedway with the Lucas Oil Comp Cam Super Late Model Series. Your
2: captain okay. city raceway.
8: <laughs>
2: All you know right, it. and G-D. now
0: we go to Jay. I mean, am sorry. The other <laughs> The other Jay. The other Jay.
7: <laughs> uh yeah afc c fourteen on Twitter and uh, I also had a very dismal weekend in the points, so I need to try to rebound at Darlington this weekend and I got some pretty good picks. I hope I can snag. I think I picked pretty early in at least two of the series, so um'm uh, hoping for a rebound this week
0: all right uh and I am fan for racing site on Twitter, fan for racing blog and radio elsewhere, including fanfor dot com uh, we've got all the recaps out, including IndyCar. I've started, I'm have started. i getting IndyCar communications, so I figured I might as well use that information and put what's going on in IndyCar out at uh, com so you can see that series as well and what's going on there. Um, they had a double header this weekend, so you had Joseph Newgarden winning race two and Scott Dixon winning race one. Uh, this weekend at Gateway So uh, big weekend at Gateway This weekend um, Also um, We have uh, I don't know what happened with Sam I hope he's okay I didn't get a recap from him this week But watch for a recap from Sam uh, For the upcoming weekend And the uh, power rankings from Owen uh, They should be having those Coming out this week So uh, definitely looking forward To that and uh, we'll have the recaps for this weekend. Joe Graff, Jr. will be on the show next Tuesday because, uh, by the way, guys, we're meeting on Tuesday, not Monday, next week for Fan for Racing Radio because uh, Monday is the holiday. And uh, in addition to that, if I was looking at the schedule right, we're meeting on the 8th, and there is a race on Thursday, so we might have a double header Uh, week here with uh, Tuesday uh, because of the Monday holiday and then we may be doing let me look at this again Central Time Truck Series is racing at Richmond uh, on Thursday night so we'll have to do the Fan for Racing radio show either on Wednesday night which is not typically a good night for me or on Friday morning again Um, so Uh, We'll have to talk about What we're going to do for next week For the preview show So uh, just keep that in mind as well Okay Uh, So with that I think we're ready to call it a wrap We'll say a big shout out And thank you to our listeners We appreciate each and every one of you And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you Again next week Or actually on Thursday night For our preview show So thanks a lot guys
2: Have a good night,
0: Night, everybody. Good night. Good night.